approach students who have come to me asking for a guide along the path of low main duck, but be warned to know its ways, you must stretch your senses to their zenith. Let us meditate upon this wisdom now. Um. Um. Hey, Master, no disrespect, but how long is this going to take? I expected to know how to poison people by now. Yeah, what's up with this? I don't want to meditate. Show me how to jump as high as the roof. Come on, are you chicken? Our meditation has been disturbed as a bird seizes a worm. The disturbance must be removed. Boot to the head. Hey, we weren't ready yet. Yeah, come and get us now, you big chicken. While they're sleeping it off, I believe your lessons have taught me a great deal, Master. Here is the best wisdom of all. Get in the first shot. You missed. Uh, yeah. Well, why don't I just go on home now? I wouldn't want to be in imposition in the middle of such a wonderful session. Boot to the head. Can anyone tell us what lesson is made clear? Well, Master, it looks like one or even two people are no match for you. So we have to gang up. Let's get them. And so the first day's lesson is concluded. Very good, class. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. RPGs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear. Brought to you by the staff of RPGamer.com, we tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of RPG history. So sit down and hold on tight. Your next adventure is about to begin. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Meeky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack at number 70, Box Seat Republic. Is that number 70? We've reached 90. God, I haven't even started drinking yet. Number 90, Box Seat Republic. I am your co host, Mr. Phil Willis, and my other co host, Mr. Mike Mickey. Yeah, hey, whoever gave me this bout of bronchitis, you can take it back now. I've had it for over a week. It can go away. It can go straight to hell because I'm sick of coughing my lungs up every goddamn morning. Ooh, we can turn this into an RPG. Bronchitis hits Mike Mickey for five points of throat damage. Yeah, and I don't heal. <laughs> so eventually it will slay me. <laughs> Mike Mickey heals for one hit point. <laughs> when, you're on the, when you're on the wrong end of a JRPG <laughs> turn-based battle. <laughs> Hey, don't make me take the NyQuil or I'll fall asleep in the middle of this. We also have with us Miss Sam Marshmallow. Howdy. And Mr. Scott Wagmater. Is it not the empty portion of the vase that makes it most useful? 
You know, it's funny you should mention the empty portion of the boss, because we have with us today, for the second time, Alex Emptier. Okay, I wasn't that expecting is, that one. That was terrible, Phil. What? What? Directly to hell, don't pass go, don't collect $100. What's wrong with See, Alex if Emptier? anything, you should make a sword pun and call him Alex Bloodgroove. Nah, like... Which is also the name of uh, my Thompson Twins cover band. Oh god, not the Thompson Twins cover band. Oh. That was worth staying up for. You know, his name's really, really just incorrect English from the get-go. I can't even slaughter it much worse than it already is. Alex Fuller? How can you get more full than full? You're Fuller? No, that doesn't make any sense. Alex more full? I No, I like emptier. It's better than it could have been. So apparently I've been informed that on your first showing an RPG backtrack, you did not go through our appropriate gauntlet of newbie questions. A situation uh, that I see that I see fit to rectify immediately. It has to be right. done. It has to be done. Absolutely. It, it, well, this is a tradition we've had now for, what, 80-some episodes? So yeah. yeah. Everyone else has gone through it. It's your turn. Yep. Indeed. Oh, I knew I should have run away off the first one. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, what's your handle on RP Gamer, and what do you do? I am Seth Mirror, and I do previews, slash reviews, slash well, European news. a fair news. bunch of news, yeah, I've seen. Oh, yeah, slash guy. European news. <laughs> hmm. Give us a brief overview of your gaming history. Uh, no, it's, it's a trap. Yeah, it's mostly sports games. What? Until I played, until I played sort of Tales of Symphonia. And that became sports games and RPGs. And then you immediately quitted all sports games and disassociated no. with yourself with anybody named Madden? No, I just did that half the time he, instead. He's in the UK. Uh, Madden has no hold over there. Oh, what is it? FIFA uh, or something? Is that the guy's name over there? FIFA? Yeah, it's FIFA. Yeah. Or football manager. Football, football manager. Football manager. I'm this close to buying the PC version of um, Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed for Football Manager and the Shogun. Wait, 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 wait. What does Sonic oh, yeah. All-Star Racers have to do with Football Manager? In football the PC man. version, uh-huh. you can play as Football Manager because Sega is so desperate for characters, they threw in Football Manager. Are you serious? And Tokugawa yeah. from Shogun 2. <sighs> Now, I got the Sonic All-Stars Racing game on my PS3. That was kind of fun, but you're right. I don't have Football Manager on there. I got, like, silly people like Sonic and stuff. What was I thinking? I should have got the definitive PC version. Yeah, hello. How boring is that? Oh, but we digress. Um, okay, so what's your favorite type of RPG, Mr. Emptier? Um, it's mostly the turn-based RPGs, JRPGs. Okay, what's your favorite one? Final Fantasy IX. Nine. Has anybody ever yeah. said Nine before on our show, Minky? I believe that was the game that coined the toilet scale, which we must not we must not speak of. Any no, further. no, no, no. That was Final Fantasy VIII. Nine <laughs> the was toilet the scale. Eight, eight, eight was the toilet scale. Nine was the one where you found that awful pornography. Was that how many toilet seats up it was? I, mean, I can't remember. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ask Scott about the pornography. He will tell you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nine wasn't. I remember because he showed it to me, and I wasn't even on that episode. See, the, nine wasn't. Well, let me see here. And you jumped to a tail. Oh, that's a problem. You dumped in Tales of Symphonia, which was, what, PlayStation 2? Uh, that game, was GameCube. GameCube? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, GameCube. Yep, yep. Now, that's why. Okay, because so you didn't get to experience Final Fantasy VI. You're probably too young, probably still a little baby or something. Oh, yeah. I played it on GBA. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I missed all that. It's stuff. all shrunk and everything. And but you know the reason I will tell you, nine's one of my one of my more fun ones. But the only reason why nine is fun is because it reminds me so much of six. 
<sighs> Any. Uh, no, nine's a good one. Nine's a good one. That's not that's not a bad one to have as your favorite one. Not at all. Um, not like somebody else who came on here and said blasphemously said it was seven. That was their favorite. <laughs> well, we won't go can there. I, can I still say tactics? Because yeah, I tactics really is good. For, I no. don't care for numerical Final Fantasies. No, tactics is awesome. I, in fact, I'm replaying it again on my Vita. With, Yay! With, I have an acceptable answer. Yay! With I don't like Final Fantasy. I don't like Final Fantasy. I really don't. I, I, people. Then really why do you play them. all of them? Actually, because I stopped. I didn't play twelve. You played thirteen though. Because I got it for free. <laughs> I got it I for free on my PS. Did you like? Did you like thirteen? No. No. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was more mad that all the characters were so dumb, and it drove me crazy. <sighs> Except Worst for Lightning, ever. I felt I felt sorry for Lightning. I, he was like the straight woman in a world full of idiots. Idiots. And Saz. I like Saz, but that's only because he had a fro. Choco- Chocobo and, and his really fro. son yeah. and a fro and a really cute son. Yeah, those were the only reasons. Also, I felt sorry for him because Vanille ruins everything. I mean, it's her fault that everything happens. What a brat. <laughs> How do you really feel? So- it's been a while since you've been on the show because I just totally forget about these little side conversations we get into. Oh, shoot. Um... It's because I ruin everything, Phil. We've ruin everything this on numerous occasions. There you go. And yet you have the largest fan base of any of us. That's bull, and you know it. We all know it's Anna, guys. Come on. Did you play Mass Effect? Huh? Me? Yeah. Yeah, of course I did. Well, did you like the characters there? I wanted to give them all hugs, except for Liara, because Liara is scary stalker lady. Mm. And Caden's Captain Boring, and I kind of wish I had picked him instead of her when I played the first one. <laughs> I went for the crazy person, and I should have went for the plain boring guy. <laughs> At least he's boring, but honest, and not, Oh my god, you cheated on me with Jacob! <laughs> Yes, because Jacob's attractive. <laughs> okay, sorry, Alex. What are your favorite games ever? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Alex guy? We got off of him. This is why you don't ask me questions. No. Win everything. Well, this all started because he said his favorite RPG was Final Fantasy IX. Yes, but how did we get to Mass Effect from Final Fantasy IX? You tell me, Phil. Well, that's because you mentioned you didn't like Final Fantasy games except for Tactics. Was it an acceptable answer? And then that naturally led to us talking about how much you hate Final Fantasy XIII, which of course logically extended itself to talk about how you like the characters in Mass Effect. Mm. Of course. Of course. How many, how many degrees of separation did we just go through? <laughs> about 12. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, we have to. We have to fill. We have to fill up some extra time on the air today because we're talking about one game tonight, and I'm not sure that the plot in it's really going to carry us for very long. Oh, come now! It's an awesome game. I, it's a. It's a great game. I. Just, it's just not exactly the most heavy, long, drawn-out, plot-driven game there is out there. Um, it's a great game, and the game that we're talking about tonight is Jade Regent. So we're going to let you listen to some of the music. From Jade, Jade Regent, and we'll be right How about back. Jade Empire, get it right. Jade Empire, isn't it? Jade Regent. What's Jade? Jade Empire. Oh, you know, I've got Jade Regent stuck in my head because that's the uh, Pathfinder series that I'm playing on Sunday nights. Maybe I'll have to compare and contrast them. Awesome. Even though I'm, one's a pen and paper game, the other one's a video game. Jade Empire. I've got a Jade statue. I can compare and contrast that. You know, that would be great. And I know somebody named Jade. She's in Mortal Kombat, so we can compare and contrast <laughs> her as well. 
Yeah, she's a Paulette swap of Melina and Katana. Yeah, there's so much these these four things have in common. You know, guys, though, I always thought Jade was the hottest one. She saying. is. Oh, yeah. You like green, huh? Oh, I love green. Green's awesome. Hey, Green's a good it's color. It's a reptile for me, man. That's right. All right. Well, that sounded wrong. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now that we've gotten into the fighting game backtrack. <laughs> the fighters fight. ready. What are we talking about? <laughs> Apparently we're going to talk about Street Fighter now. No. Mortal Kombat. Get over here. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Seriously, Jade Empire. Jade Empire. Awesome yes. It's an Mortal awesome Kombat. game. Yeah. And it's, and we're going to talk about it after after this musical selection. So hold on tight. have returned and we are ready to talk about jade empire a little known bioware game that some people haven't actually heard of before get out it's developed by bioware and it was published on the pc by 2k games published by microsoft game studios for the xbox and later on published on steam by good old-fashioned valve corporation this is uh as we mentioned an xbox a microsoft uh, windows game xbox uh, 360 i believe can handle it uh you can even play it on your mac this was released on April, originally released April 12th, 2005. It's a single-player action RPG experience coming to you on a DVD or digital download. Ooh, wow, we haven't said digital download in a while. Usually our games are, like, too old and stale to talk about digitally downloading them unless they just happen to be re-released on GOG or Virtual Console. Hmm. Anywho. I was just really with it then. Yeah. This might be the first game I actually digitally downloaded. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was excited to download it because I didn't have an Xbox. I have never really gotten into the Microsoft consoles. The number of uh, exclusive RPGs that the Xbox consoles have is usually pretty limited. Um, so I Wait, you, don't, you didn't want to play Sudeki? No, no, really. No, no. I played Sudeki. It was aggressively mediocre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but, um, but, boy, you know, I saw Jade Empire, saw the reviews, I saw the screenshots, I love Asian culture, it may, may or not be a coincidence, I'm married to a Chinese wife, um, you know, I love everything about Asian culture, but, um, uh, you know, Jade Empire came out, I was a PlayStation boy, and, and they never came out the PlayStation version, and it made me unhappy, until years later, when I saw it on Steam, ah, uh, good old-fashioned Steam coming in to save the day. Between that and, and I got Fable 1, which was not exactly as fun as Jade Empire, in my opinion. <sighs> but yeah, a couple of those exclusive that got past me in the uh, Xbox years came out eventually on Steam. So, hmm, Who wants to talk about the plot in Jade Empire? Well, before we talk about the plot, let's talk about the fact that we can pick our own protagonist. Who did everybody pick? I was Woo the Blossom. The Lotus Blossom, rather. What was everybody else? Scott, you don't count because you played everybody. I was Furious Ming. You're Furious Ming? Yep. And Mike, who are you? 
the Lotus Blossom was who? The Ooh. lady with the sword? Yeah. Okay, then I was a lady with with her hair in a, in a bun at the back and with the, the red and silk stuff. Yeah, that's me. That that one's me. Face? Yeah, that one. That one's name is Phil? Yeah, that one's <laughs> so me. So I was playing Phil? Yeah. The whole time. Phil is a okay. tiny Asian woman in a short skirt. We have gone into a very different realm than I expected this cast to take. Send your well, you don't know her to name. Servant at uh, <laughs> Cyberlight Comics or whatever. You kind of you kind of ruined it for yourself, Mike. You didn't know what her name was, so therefore. Yeah, well, I named her. I gave her the name, and after that, everybody referred to her by that name. And she doesn't get many pictures in the manual, so every time I flipped through the artwork, she wasn't there. What am I supposed to do? Look on the internet to find out what character I'm playing. That's. That's, um, yeah, because oh, you should, and you well, should give her the respect she deserves. She is a well, woman. Well, she was after. fast. She she jumped all over the place. She was good. Um, I was balanced. Were you balanced? Were you good at one thing over the other? It said I was fast, said but I, cho- I chose balanced most of the time. Yeah, my cat okay. was fast. All of them, I all was... the time, always, including Zhang. Yeah, you were everybody, Scott, because you played this game like eight times. This is the I only really game I know of it. that you've played, like, a stupid amount of times. Like, I thought I, me playing Valkyrie Profile seven times was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> then I talked to you about Jade Empire. So, yeah. He's obsessive, and he was nagging at me for how many years to play it, honey? Seven? Does that sound Six. right? Yeah, seven. I say holding up ten fingers. Screw you. Die in a fire. Love um, you too, sweet pea. So, yeah, like, it's been seven years since we've been together, and I still hadn't played it, and then finally I was like, I'm going to play this game, and I'm going to like it. And you know what? You it's did. It's my new favorite Bioware game. Ooh, wow, that's saying something. Better than Mass uh, Effect? Better than Dragon uh, Age Origins? This is the best no, thing I, they ever okay, made. Okay, here's the problem. Okay, I love Dragon Age Origins. It's probably tied with Dragon Age Because I've played Dragon Age Origins, like, two and a half times, so I'm getting there. One more playthrough. One more. And I will play it as everybody. But, you know, like, Jade Empire's just, it's unique. And I kind of wish Bioware had gotten the chance to make more unique things instead of space soap opera, times a million, and generic fantasy game with awesome choices. Yeah, I mean, that's really the the big, the first big huge mark in its favor. As you see, right, as soon as you look at the cover, it's like, ooh, RPG set in a totally different Asian-style setting. That is awesome. I mean, if you look at the plot, the plot is basically, you are a young warrior. You have a master. Your master's kidnapped. Your master might be some famous dude, but we're not quite sure right away. Your master also shows that he is awesome by hitting a boat and blowing it up. Um, that Punched was amazing. a boat and it exploded. Like, how can you not say this man is not amazing? That's awesome. It's pretty badass if you think about it. You punch a boat and are like, see how easy that is? And you're just like, oh my god, he punched a boat. Like, I wouldn't look at it as, wow, that's so easy. I would look at that as, oh, my God, if I do anything wrong, he's going to kill me. But the... Um, the you know, later on, he might just do that. He might just do that. But, the, you know, what's really cool about it is it's an action RPG, and the theme, the Asian theme, you know, as, as we're kind of alluding to here, permeates everything from the setting to the story plot to the way, the you know, the game plays. It's kung fu style um, RPG, if that makes sense. I mean, well, there are a few things that I don't think ancient China had, like insect-shaped airships. No, but but that's even – that's kind of – but that is – it's influenced by the Asian culture because they are yeah. much more fascinated with insects than we are. Good save, Phil. <laughs> I mean there's like – usually like when I'm playing, let's say, you know, 
I don't know, like Shadow Hearts, and it's kind of set in different places, and that's kind of cool, but it's kind of like the the different cultures, they just kind of affect the setting, and a lot of times they don't even really affect the plot, um, and they certainly don't impact, you know, exactly how the game plays out, and it's, you know, and it's in its combat, but, you know, in Jade, Jade Empire, things like Chi and, and, and different Kung Fu styles that you can flip to on the fly, you know, like you, that's how they teach you in Kung Fu, like I used to go to, to Shaolin Kung Fu classes, and they teach you five different styles at the same time and it's all about using the right style depending on the situation that you find yourself in and also playing upon your own strengths and weaknesses so that philosophy is embedded in how jade empire plays out in its combat system which we can talk you know about in more detail in a bit but it's just it's just really cool how the you know they really take all this to heart and how it how it permeates you know itself so well into all the different aspects of the game well, and what's, you know, funny you saying that, like, the first thing you get to do after choosing your characters, you get to pick two specific styles to start with. And as the game goes on, you learn more and more styles in various different types of situations. Heavenly way. Like meeting a drunk man and learning <laughs> drunken style. You know, he was a former alcoholic after all. Or meeting the one Western man in the whole game who will give you his gun if you beat him. Just learning the valuable, valuable gun style. Well, yes, if you have your musket, then you can blow apart pretty much anything. There you go. Kung Fu also involves the muskets. <laughs> well, didn't the Chinese, aren't they supposedly the first ones to, to invent gunpowder? Come on. That would be your crazy inventor Kang. That, there you go. See? He likes to invent things and explode things, often at the same time. But you know what? The plot is actually pretty good. I mean... You know, after your master is sort of kidnapped, your your village is burned down, and you and your trusty friend Dawnstar have to go make things right. Which reminds me, Dawnstar, she's too much of a goody-goody. Give me that silk fox all night long. Bow-chicka-wow-wow. I happen to like Black Whirlwind, because any guy who tells you the great story of how... <clears throat> well, I, I was trying to keep peace between these two rival gang leaders, both of whom were in love with a certain woman, and they kept at it for five days and nights until I got sick and tired of it, and I drank some wine, and I just figured, here! So I cut her in half and gave a half to each of them, and they and they were supposed to be happy, but they weren't, so I had to kill them all. Ah! That's Black Whirlwind in a nutshell. Yeah, it does have some entertaining tales. <laughs> I liked Hempeck Cole. He was my favorite. Because I felt sorry for him. His wife sounds like a crazy lady. And she probably would drive me to drink. Although I think towards the end of the game, I think I did stick with Black Whirlwind. Because I got to a point where the game was like, you can't change your character right now. And I was like, oh, oh, well, he's cool. <laughs> he stabs all the dudes. With he does stab all the dudes. Anyone use uh, Sagacious Zoo there for a while until, uh, you know, plot spoiler, he dies. No, I didn't really. He was not worthy. Nope. Okay, good. So, are we all in the camp that he's okay, but not great? He was proto-Garrus. He was proto-Garrus. Is that what we're calling him? Yeah. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if you left him alone long enough, he would start calibrating that snick of his. See, but I have one problem with him. How come he does not make me want to calibrate things? Garrus, you know, he's so suave and so, you know, mysterious. Like Batman. But Sagacious Zoo lacks the Batman qualities that I am not thrilled about. I don't see the attraction as, you know, the only woman on the cast and I can make that comment. Not attractive. Also, that Sky Guy, also not attractive. Hey, this but he's voiced by Cam boys. Clark. We can Sam, you never like the guy voiced by... Sam never likes the guy voiced by Cam Clark. It's true, I don't. In Tales of Symphonia, I got very mad at him because he was Kratos, and Kratos was a douche. <laughs> Actually, I kind of liked Kratos. I forgive him. You must him. not have watched Ninja Turtles then, Sam. 
I did, but I probably can't remember who that is. Ninja Turtles. He was Leonardo. Oh, I hated Leonardo. God. <laughs> hated it. I was Donatello, girl. Don't sound surprised, people. Donatello won my heart with nerdiness. He talks nerdy. Okay, where am I going with this? Guys, stop me, please. Everything's starting to sound perverted. Yeah, we just wanted to see just how far you could go. <laughs> and people are now thinking I'm an alcoholic when I have not had a dropped drink. Because that's Phil's job. Mm-hmm. How, much have you, how much have you had to drink so far tonight, Phil? No, I haven't, I haven't moseyed on up to the liquor cabinet yet. I probably should. Probably. I should do the bills tonight after I've had a few. The bills go by easier that way. In any case, characters and story, like, we've, you know, gone off the beaten path. Yeah, y'all need to talk about the plot and the characters, because I played this many moons ago, and the finer details of each of those is kind of lost on me. So, who wants to start? Plot. Who's played it most recently? Sam. Sam, go! No, I don't like talking about plot, because I make it up as I go along. I make it up as I go along! Does that mean I have to? Well, no, I was going to say, in in terms of Bioware games, that's not a lie. I actually do make up my own stories a lot of the time. Scott can attest to that. Yes. He knows. That's how you play all Western RPGs. Well, I know Alex also played it recently, but if he doesn't want to talk about the plot, I can. You talk about the plot, Mike, because I will make it up. Alex, do you want to? I'll just be reading the wiki. I'll just be reading the wiki. Go, Mr. Mickey. Okay, you are one of the seven characters you can be in this game. You are under Master Lee in an isolated place of the Jade Empire where you've just been raised by him for the last 20 years, and he reveals to you your secret heritage. You are the last surviving spirit monk. He took you away from the destruction and death of the rest of the spirit monks 20 years prior. He's been raising you ever since because you have a task. You need to reassemble your spirit monk amulet, regain the powers of the spirit monk, and get in there. And actually, he doesn't exactly, he doesn't quite complete exactly what you're supposed to do before the village comes under fire from the sinister Lotus assassins, burning it all down, killing just about everybody inside of it, and leaving you to get the hell out of there. And then you're stuck at a wayward place called Tien's Landing, which you have to but get out of. Before you can punch the face off Nathan Fillion. Oh my god, yes. Stupid Gal the Lesser. He's such a loser. I was so yeah, sad that that I was have to wonder, the, the Fillion shining moment. Why is he Gal the Lesser and not Gal the Younger? Is he that much weaker than his dad that he's clearly the Lesser? Yes. Well, it just seems stupid that such a, an asshat would agree to have such a demeaning title. Anyway, you kick his ass because he was such a jerk at school. Yeah, I want, I want to get trained by Master Lee, but you're always in the way. Uh, okay. He was such a little here. bully. Here, I'll kick your ass. Oh, oh, kicking your ass isn't enough? I have to kill you? Fine, you're dead. Be that way. You're in Tien's Landing. You've got stuff to do. And I'm sure we'll cover that because most of what the stuff you have to do boils down to is choices, like Bioware is really good at. And then you make it to the Imperial City, and you get to do more stuff, including re- meeting Sir Roderick Ponce von Funtelbottom, the magnificent bastard. Voiced by John Cleese. If you best him in debate, you get his gun. <laughs> it's totally worth it. It yeah. is. Mirabelle is an awesome weapon. You also and get to pick a weapon at the beginning of the game, too. They give you two options. You can either have a sword or a staff. I chose and then the you staff. immediately pick sword because staff is balls slow. Yeah. I chose a staff and then swapped it for a sword face one. That's what I did. <laughs> I did the like everyone tries the staff and then it's like, no. <laughs> the sword made me happy and then I just was like, you know what? Screw sword. I have claws because I picked the tiger style. The leaping tiger and you get claws out of that. So, Leaping Tiger, best style ever. 
Outside of, you know, Jade Golem, which is the instant win button. Or Mirabelle, which does kill almost everything in one or two shots. <laughs> um, okay, you you need, once you are in the Imperial City, you need to get in good with the Lotus Assassins in order to get in there and figure out what the hell is going on, because Princess Skyfox... Uh, Silk her, Fox. Silk Fox, what's her actual name? Leanne. Leanne, the Heavenly Lily. She wants you to get in there, figure out what the hell is wrong with her father, and just do something about it. And the only way to do that is to figure out what the Lotus Assassins are doing by uncovering evidence that Death's Hand is bad. Because Death's Hand is inherently good. Everyone would always trust Death's Hand. Oh, yeah, totally, Especially when you dress like the Ming Dynasty equivalent of Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, you look friendly. With a voice clearly inspired by Darth Vader. And you you have your choice of doing that either going through the arena and beating the crap out of about a dozen matches until you're able to impress the Lotus Assassin guy in the arena, or you can come up with some means of discrediting a, a judge who happens to be a really de- deep pervert, but also happens to be going against the Lotus Assassins. You come up with one of these ways. You get into the Lotus Assassin Fortress, you get around, you find a guy who wants you to come up with a creative way of killing his boss so that he can new soup that position, and then you find the second command of the Lotus Assassins, you beat the crap out of her, you get the evidence that the Emperor not only knew about the manufacture of thousands of golems using the souls of his kingdom, but you briefly meet Death's Hand just long enough for him to be blocked by Sagacious Zoo, who sacrifices himself meaningfully so that you can escape. Then you get into the palace, you find out, you find the Emperor, you find that this idiot has been dead for a while, but he's not going to let death stop him because, you know, he stole the water dragon's power, and if you steal the water dragon's power and use it for your own ill-gotten gains, then, uh... Oops. Yeah, and you, you've kind of signaled off the path to the underworld, so presumably everyone in the world for the last 20 years who died just sticks around, causing... Which is why you have to punch so many ghosts. Yeah. And There's a lot of ghost punching ghosts. in this game. Ghosts. So you beat the crap out of the Ghost Emperor, and then you find that, yes, Lee, your master, was in fact his brother all along, but this was his entire plan for you to beat the Emperor so that he could take the power and be vulnerable at just the right moment for him to kill you. (laughs) But what do you know, the Water Dragon doesn't take that lying down. She uses the last bit of her power to usher you through the Netherworld so that you can get back, restore the, the Spirit Monk Fortress at Dirge, Regain your life, because the Water Dragon apparently can do that if there's a really necessary cause. You beat the crap out of an invading Imperial army just long enough for for Lee to come along and say, I will meet you back at the palace and we will settle things there. And then you go back to the palace, you beat the crap out of everything in, his pa- in the path again, you free the Water Dragon by either kill- breaking its suspiciously fragile machine for extracting its power, or, you know, stealing its power for yourself. That is an option. It's a Bioware game. You beat the crap out of Lee, or apparently you can go through a dialogue tree to just say, let's let, it, let's let bygones be bygones and get a really crappy ending that way. And is then you win! you did? No, I beat the crap out of him. Using right. Mirabelle. I, I use the Jade Golem. That, that was my way of doing it. As I told Alex on IRC, I was like, yeah, Jade Golem made that way too easy. Mirabelle it's, is pretty easy, too, because it knocks him down with every hit. I'm, I'm realizing that I probably should have actually tried and, you know, not use the easy button, but at that <laughs> no, point, that I was kind of like... that annoying yeah, otherwise. Yeah I, yeah, I tried it about the easy button, then I pressed the easy button. I, I did use the Jade Golem to beat the Ravager. I wasn't about to be frustrated with that. I actually did that without using cheap buttons. <laughs> I did cheap button. I turned the difficulty down. That was my cheap button. That was your cheap button? I, I was already <laughs> yeah. playing on easy, so... 
Well, okay, you know did, I, did I miss anything critical in the plot there? Um, no, I don't think so. Scott, you... That, that sounds about right. You, you pretty much, like... If if you're there's a point in the temple where if your friends think you're too evil, you're like, well, screw you, you're not my friends. I, I control your souls like puppets. That's pretty dickish. Very much like Knights of the Old Republic, actually. Yeah. Well, it is Bioware. It makes perfect sense. But honestly, um, this is a lot of people seem to give credit Bioware more credit than they deserve for their story writing. I mean, they're wonderful write character writers, but their plots are usually pretty by the book, but I think this is the one that has just the best construction while also queuing so very true to all the kung fu movie tropes. All of them. Well, it depends if you've watched enough kung fu movies to know all the tropes. I feel like I Have we watched watch enough Chiba now. <laughs> I love Sonny Chiba. He is so awesome. There was one thing I noticed about the bit where you're pretending to be a Lotus assassin which seemed a lot like the bit where you're pretending to be a Sith. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't play Knights of the Republic, so it's really like that generic in that sense. Because I had a lot of no, fun being Lotus Assassin. They, they, they developed them back to back, and so they, there are a few beats that are very similar. Although the Arena Quest in uh, Jade Empire is way better than the Arena stuff in KOTOR. Yeah, that one is good. I actually enjoyed doing the Arena. That was pretty fun. And, I mean, that's part of the, the joy of playing Bioware games is sometimes you get some really awesome side quests. And side quests are always worth doing in Bioware games because they're usually pretty entertaining or very interesting. I did anything that was related to the goat, like the man with the ox. He was like, my ox is more wonderful than my wife. He, he, no, you're, you're spoiling it, Sam. First he just tells you to go off and get uh, the the jewel of the river, whatever he phrased it as. Yeah. And then you find a woman, and she's really, really indignant when you say, oh, I was here to get the jewel of the river. I don't know about you. I guess you can come along. And then along comes the farmer. My baby, my beautiful, you're here. How would I ever pull the cart without you? And you can just picture what his wife is going to be saying to him once they get out of range. I hate you, die. Wow, very eloquent, Sam. I am a woman. There's some great ox-related bits in this game. I think this game has the best use of oxen ever. I think it also has one of the best uses of tea houses ever, too. Oh, the tea house fight is amazing. I am so disappointed the improvised weapon mechanic is only in that one fight. Where? I didn't. What other game can you say you've beat someone to death with a ham? Um, I didn't even notice. Sadly, I just went. I just fought a bunch of people in there using. Whatever my regular style was at the time. Leaping tiger! I know, I know. You can pick up table legs and use them as tonfas. No, I'm the only one that knew to do that. Is that you what told you're me to do it after I finished. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that. me off. <laughs> Sam, missed, Sam was very upset that she couldn't be the dude to death with a ham. Oh, I was furious because I was like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And he was like, I thought you knew. It, like the, the, the tool tips tell you about improvised weapons going into the building. Yeah, but I had a horrible obsession with Leaping Tiger. So that didn't help. All about Leaping Tiger. Screw all other styles. I think you're starting to the combat. How about any of the, the side quests where you get to choose to be nice or to screw people over? Like the I dam. was so nice, except for one instance where Scott basically told me that I was a big douchebag, even though I thought I was doing the right thing. There, there's a an incident where you find out that this guy um, has a wife, and then he has an adulterous lover, and the adulterous lover is like, "Oh my god, like you're married?" Um, no. Then, well, no, 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 no. I'm confusing it with something else. No, that was the ch- is it childhood marriage promise? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, sorry. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. 
Um, but basically, oh, did, did you I, get them two of them together? Um, I didn't. I let her murder everybody, and then I murdered her afterwards. Okay, yeah. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. I was like, "Damn, girl, you go, girl!" And then I was like, "Oops, probably shouldn't have said you go, girl, too much." <laughs> so uh, I felt like a douche. That was the only time I was a nasty person, though. Yeah, that's not the best ending to that side quest. <laughs> yeah, that was the bad ending of that side quest. Um, I was I was a douche. That was the only time I was a douche, though. Every other time, I was a follower of the open palm. I don't know about you guys. I gotta say, the, the moral choice system was actually really nice. There are a couple of really good moments where they actually sort of managed to convey a sense of philosophy to it, as opposed to Mother Teresa versus baby eating. Like, there's that great bit with uh, the, the slave woman. It's like, okay, here's a knife for yourself. What? Hey, stab him. All right. You're a jerk. But you felt like you were kind of helpful. I was helpful. I let her, she stood her on her own feet from then on, stabbed all her problems, as is good and proper. Your, your problems like, like, do cease to be there if you have stabbed them thoroughly. You may get new problems, but the old ones are gone. You can always solve problems with more stabbing. So 99 problems, but a knife stabbing ain't one of them? That's right. Just checking. Let's see, did anybody break the dam mechanism so that it could never be closed again? At least once. I believe I did that, didn't I, Scott? No, you you were nice. I was nice, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was nice as well. I was I, nice, and that meant that the guy who made me the offer just sh- showed up and said, I die. offer, and you didn't take it. You, I will kill you now. Or you Except think you will. You're badass, and they're pushovers. And- yeah, they suck. They really shouldn't have tried to fight me. I kicked their asses thoroughly. You did, considering you had to play with a keyboard and no controller. Yes, I did. But, but the nice thing about the keyboard, though, is that you can have ten styles at any time on the ten keypad. That is kind of nice. Trying to think of the other side quested. Well, okay. Um, that whole the other method of getting into the Lotus Assassins' good graces by uh, Mister Mister Slovenly appetite for everything debauchery. How do you discredit him? Did you guys hear having somebody him? speaking far in the background? Yeah. Sorry, that's my mom. She's loud. One minute. You guys keep talking. I will mute myself. One minute. I think I blackmailed him in the end. Yeah, it's just so easy. All you have to do... Here, here's your concubine. Here's some silver. Uh, Give me his ring. Yeah, done. (laughs) Yeah, I know, because I did that one. I sort of did both, because you can sort of... After doing the arena, you can sort of go back and do that one. And it's it's, it's about a a tenth of the time it took me to do that. Yeah, you do a lot of fighting in the arena, and it's not even fighting most of the time. You're just going between bouts, letting... Quee talked to you a lot. <laughs> hey, Quee was awesome. He was. He was ostipatious. <laughs> he was gnarlerific. I mean, come on. A... He 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 was the first instance of a Simpsons quote in Bioware. <laughs> it's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I have I have nothing bad to say about Quee. Kai Lang. I don't know. He was just there. He showed up. Oh, you want me to kick your ass? Fine, I'll do that. Besides, doing the doing the arena quest means you get the Black Whirlwind's backstory. Yeah. yeah, he actually talks remorsefully about killing someone. I know. What's up with that? I guess brothers don't grow on trees or something. Yeah, especially when they turn them into undead death machines. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, crouching... No. The little girl with the demon inside of her. What's her freaking name? Oh, um... Wildflower. There we go. 
I didn't talk with her much, so I didn't get to see much of the demon conflict playing out within her. Oh, uh, that that was so much fun. Like, you have this little girl who will make really eerie, offhanded comments about what, you know, the various demons that live in her head think of the situation. And then, you know, giant toad. Then when fights start, giant toad man beats everything up. It's the toad one, the... Toad. Well, that was the red demon, wasn't it? Yeah, that, well, the, the one that created both. the red eyes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I realized there was also a celestial garden guardian who was equally badass, but it's actually yeah, cool cause... if you let the toad demon out and then you have to actually resolve her issues. Yeah, because I sort of had to do that, I think, was it the last time you go back to the Imperial Palace? Sort of when all that plays out and you sort of have to pick one for the rest of the game. But yeah, that's uh, Apparently that is when it happens, but I only talked to her a couple of times, so I knew that there was an evil toad demon inside of her, but I didn't see anything happen when I went back to the palace. Oh, darn toad demons. Yeah. One thing I did notice was the weird chapter structure, or chapter length structure as well, because like, I think the first you three chapters for... make up about 90% of the game. That sounds about <laughs> so, right. Yeah, and then like, the next four come in the space of about, what, three hours? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, chapter four, I think I finished that in under half an hour. Yeah, chapter five, I took like a little half long. an hour long. <laughs> Chapter 6, it's just, here, everybody gather, you've revived, let's defend ourselves from the approaching Imperial Army. Enjoy enjoy that threesome romance scene you worked so hard to get. You Which get I did not get. This one. Yeah. yeah, I was playing a woman, and yet Silk Fox was clearly really, really into me. Yeah. That's the, the one part where actually making a choice is bad. I didn't talk to Dawn Star enough, apparently, for her to get really aggrieved if I talked to Silk Fox. Oh, well, maybe next time. Doesn't really matter. Dawnstar is kind of like the wet blanket of the group. But you can break her. You can like totally ruin her spirit, and she will turn to the dark side. I didn't do that. See, I let her be a wet blanket for the whole game. So clearly, I was not as awesome as you were, Scott, in breaking her and making her cry a lot. Hmm. Should we move on to pretty graphics? Yes, no, maybe. Graphics are graphics good. Graphics were pretty. I thought the graphics were super pretty. I was pretty... Well, as... I think I think we're still on characters here because... Well, I... that's what I said. Are you guys done? Or I don't well, remember all these frog the spirits. we've still got the characters in the game, uh, Henpecked Ho and Kang the Mad. Well, keep talking because I, Kang I don't awesome. remember. Kang is He's crazy and blows stuff up. And then there's a shmup that involves him. But you never found his workshop, Sam. I didn't. You go to he- you you go to his little corner of heaven, and you figure out how his machines work, and you get cool power ups. And Henpecto is awesome because he's afraid of his wife and gives you booze. And booze enables four hit combos, which is kind of kick ass in a game where everyone else gets three hit combos. Oh jeez. See? See? Boos are awesome. Everyone needs to be doing boos because you get more combos. Tell that to your boss at work. Why are you drinking on the job? Because I'm getting more combos! And come on, you've got your own little personal merchant following you, <laughs> following behind you. You just call him up and be like, take these junk gems. There you go. Apparently half the cast was voiced by Armin Shimmerman. Hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was Abbot Song and Emperor Sun High. Yeah. Abbott Song, so the like Abbott Song's character is so memorable that you'll just walk out humming his catchphrases. Yeah, he, he's he's a, he's in one of those half-hour-long chapters. He just shows up because he's dead and you're dead and you need somebody to help you. And he is helpful. He replenishes all of your stats. But otherwise, there's not much to say about him. 
Unless I'm forgetting something awesome that he said and it somehow slipped right past me. No. No, he was basically Black Whirlwind got all the good lines. You know it. <sighs> Once it's again. a Bioware game. Only the sociopaths get good lines. Yes, keep Black Whirlwind with you to get lots of good lines. <laughs> Most of them involving, why the hell are we standing around talking? You know, get me some wine or let's get somebody to fight. This is heaven. Need more fountains full of wine. <laughs> So, any other characters? Um, let's see. You didn't talk about Sky or Silk Fox. Sky oh, is Sky's boring. boring. <laughs> He's Are boring. you saying that because his character is boring or because Cam Clark is voicing him or both? Both. both. Yeah, both. I know I shouldn't pick on Cam Clark, but he always voices the boring guys. Or well, the guys that have questionable, you know, motives. Sky well, is just boring. isn't that deep. Something I am about right. generic revenge. You have wrapped up my generic revenge plot in one chapter. You I killed my daughter, you now. bastard slavers. Oh no. Oops, I killed the guy I blamed for their de- for her death, and now I will help you because I have nothing better to do. That's totally how people work. Yep, pretty much. You know, I swear to God, I'm just going to hang around walking in a circle, and the second someone bumps into me, I'm declaring I'm joining his party. I have been walking around this stupid pirate lair for months, and now that you have come in here and given me a chance to actually get in there without immediately dying, I owe you my utter and complete loyalty. Unless you do something dickish in Chapter 6, then you'll have to break my soul. (laughs) Which won't be that hard, right? Silk Fox is cool, though. Yeah, Silk Fox is cool. I'm sad I didn't romance Silk Fox. I didn't romance anybody, actually, by the way, because I didn't realize I could. So I was kind of like, oh... Romance. Yeah, I got an ending where uh, my character. I know it's a Bioware Silk game, but I don't know how I romance anybody. <laughs> my character and Silk Fox were co-rulers of the Empire once I finally won. She she yeah. loved me so much that I just became her BFF. Yeah, Excellent. I did that as well. <laughs> seriously, who wants to romance? You know, if you're a dude, Dawnstar, and you know, Sky, God, Sky, no, lesbian all the way. <laughs> That would have been my only other option. Mind you, I always have a lesbian romance when I play games. Especially accidental ones. I have nothing else to say about that. Yeah. Anything else to say about characters? Um, well, I did not make Death's Hand part of my party. I, I set him free because it was the open palm way. But is he worth it? He's pretty badass. He's got a cool sword and kicks the crap out of everything. Um, In other words, it's not really that exciting. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to say. He just beats down everything and talks like Darth Vader. There you go. He is a bit dead. Kind of expectant out of somebody with the black hand. Yeah. It's called the black. How much more cliche can you get? (laughs) Well, he doesn't show up much in the actual plot unless you bind him to you and and then you're doing an evil, evil thing. You must never bind humans to yourself. Even though if the spirit monks have that power, you'd think this would have come up before. Well, it's not nice, don't you know? Because clearly people only do nice things. Duh, karma. Clearly I'm uh, one of the person, so, you know, I get to be reincarnated into something cool. Well, I mentioned Because nobody earlier. suspects the butterfly. That's true. Are you going to pretend you're a moth and make, like, the Silence of the Lambs? I didn't do it. The butterfly did it. <laughs> Sorry, I like the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, we're going off on Simpsons again. Anything to say about Kang that I didn't already say? He's just awesome cool. and crazy. <laughs> also, he gives you your mini game that oh, you actually yes. have to do a fair number of times. No, you don't. You only have to do it once. 
Yeah, you can you can skip it every time thereafter. Like, yeah, I've done it more it, than once. <laughs> and I found that it was really the frame rate was horrible, so I didn't do it much. I actually yeah. did it quite a bit. I had a lot of fun, but I was playing on the Xbox. Yeah, well, I did it a lot for me, but I think it was fine on my PC, but it sort of depends how good your PC is on that one, I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a 2009 PC. I wouldn't have th- thought it to have problems, but man, the frame rate just turned into absolute garbage in that part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get hit by things because you can't see them when the frame rate skips, uh, that's not so much fun. No, that, that wouldn't be. Yeah. I, I understand. He said, I did it. I had quite a bit of fun. And then finally I was like, I just want the game to be over. So I'm going to, I'm just going to skip it. And yes, Kang looks cool. He's got goggles. I have no idea how he's able to get through narrow doorways, though. Because he doesn't. It's magic. (laughs) It's a folding hat. Because he invented folding hats so he could get through doors. Is that really what it is? I don't know. (laughs) I want a folding hat. (laughs) And he has cool goggles or binoculars or Whatever functions you can cram into them. So pretty cool goggles. You put steampunkers to shame. Hear that, steampunk people? You got to work a little harder. Oh, and cool. there is Gal the Greater. You you get to meet him briefly and then kill him. Because <laughs> what do you know? He's upset about you killing his son. How dare he? His son's Stop a loser. His son deserved to die because he was a bully and didn't learn sharing and caring in school. Of course, he's a loser. Do you see his name? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. His name tells you everything. <laughs> Loser, failed sharing and caring, didn't deserve to pass kindergarten, we're good. Makes perfect sense. Plus, beating his dad was kind of fun. And you know, you put stuff in that amulet after all. Guess we should talk about the amulet. It's it's kind of cool. Makes you more good at kung fu. Who cares? I only use sleeping tigers, so it didn't matter. Sleeping tiger, well, I, heavenly wave. Well, when I was able to put more things on the amulet, it was cool. There's no, there's no kill quite like overkill. My favorite kind. I like games that used to tell me overkill and me going, oh, going. Oh, Valky Profile, I miss you. But um, characters are pretty fun in this game. And, I mean, you play it alone for just some of the dialogue, and the side quests are really wonderfully crafted. I mean, I, I got admit, I did almost all of them, so. I think I missed, yeah, like, a couple, and that was only because, like, I was a nice person. Yeah, you've got slaves you can free or. Kill all of, I guess. That, or that increase you have to intercept revolt. the slave ring. There's that. Yeah, there's a sad ogre. He killed the ox. I liked him. Oh, sad ogre. <laughs> he hurt his friend, his only friend, ox. Uh, ox. That's what happens when you we pay toss play ox in air. <laughs> ox fall down. Be bad. There's the old, there's the guy who ran the orphanage, which got flooded out, and he blames himself for all the kids who died in the floodwaters. It was totally his fault. Kids blame him too. You can encourage the the one evil kid to be more evil as a ghost. About his heart or his chest. That sounds awesome. Because I like murder, apparently, in video games. You heard it here first. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm really a nice person, guys. I'm super nice. Did I tell you how nice I am? Nice, nice, nice. Don't be afraid, RP Gamer listeners. I'm actually very nice. If you ever have the opportunity to make tea for me, I will look closely at what you put into the glass. Tea or deadly poison? Delicious Obviously, tea. the choice is yours. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the reference, Mike. You're slow. I'm on cold meds. That's no excuse. Okay, you want me to excuse. cough in the mic? Is that what you want? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think Phil would stab you from his editing chair through time. 
Remember, I purposely like being a pain in the ass sometimes because I can. And because none of you stop me. Heavenly wave. Heavenly wave! My contribution to the show. I am a master! (laughs) I'm a ninja, ninja, ninja. Go ninja. Oh, sorry. Stop it. Okay. Bad. Please. <laughs> oh, I'm going to mute myself now and be a good girl and let you guys talk about stuff. Stop reminding me that I haven't watched the Cool as Ice riff yet. All right. So I think so. we're ready to move on to graphics now, right? Yeah. Okay. Pretty. Really super, super pretty. Pretty. Like, pretty. Let me add one thing here. It, I played it on uh, the PC Special Edition, and for some reason, the in-game graphics look prettier and sharper than the cutscenes. The cutscenes look kind of grainy. I, I can tell you why. Well, the cutscenes yeah. were yeah. rendered in glorious 480p. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, because, wow. you know, the, 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 the game was designed with Xbox, you know, specs in mind and stuff. Now, when they imported, or imported, when they ported whatever, the special edition version for the PC, a lot of the 3D limitations as far as, the, you know, the resolution or how many shadows can you have or Bloom effects or aliasing, all of that can be easily integrated and tweaked by the user. But the cutscenes were already rendered, so you were kind of stuck with those. But yes, it upscaled. You know, thanks to the PC, as oftentimes happens with these uh, with these ports, it upscaled to the PC really nicely. So if if you don't, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, and that, I think that's what really impressed me was. Um, this was already by the time I got it on the PC, it had already been out for a number of years, and uh, we were moving on the next generation consoles and a whole nine yards. But yeah, I popped this in. I'm like, holy cow, this looks good! It's amazing what you can get out of the Neverwinter Nights engine. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 very very pretty, and it, and of course it's all you know Asian stylized. The, uh, the it's not just beautiful on a technical level, but of course on the aesthetic level as well because. They took a, they they got some good art design in there. Hey Scott, why were smiling mountains earlobes so big? Um, because he looked like Buddha. Heavenly I'll ears. Take it, sure. I I think it had something to do with the giant freaking earrings he had. Like he he was rocking like thirty gaugers. I didn't even notice earrings. I just saw those gigantic earlobes and wondered, smiling mountain. You you do not need to emulate the mountain in every part of your anatomy. If you look at him, he's got, like, the the earlobe things. Heavenly earlobes. (laughs) Okay. What? Heavenly earlobes. We could make an entire skit about that, I'm sure. Well, I can't help myself. Heavenly earlobes. (sighs) Anywho. Um, very, very pretty. What did, what did y'all think about the art direction design? It's awesome. Yeah, I no, love I the colors. <laughs> I love the colors in this game. I love the fact that it's not a Western RPG that is focused on brown as a color. You get, like, just, oh my god, the amount of green in this game. Green is shiny. Oh, oh, oh I love so this shiny. game. I played it on the Xbox, by the way, so. I'm sure I didn't have the, the gloriousness of beautiful PC graphics, but I still thought the game looked great. Yeah. They're, they're really pretty. I don't doubt and, it. And yeah, this game is just popping with color all over the place. So that was my real love with it. I just, like I said, you, you'd see these beautiful greens. Pink was a big color in it. Purple. Um, not colors you typically would associate with the majority of Western RPGs. Because let's gold? face it, it I, I remember a lot of gold in that in the Fox's Celestial Heaven or whatever that was. I was saying, I mean, the amount of brown is is sickening. Like we need to stop with the brown Western RPG land and go for some color. Take it from Jade Empire. Heavenly wave. Heavenly wave. <laughs> Heavenly colors. Well, just oh, such a breathtaking game, and I actually like the music too. 
Like, I don't know if I'm... All I can remember is the main theme right now, but the main theme is pretty good. I was just... I found the game very atmospheric in a lot of ways, just when you put the music and the the graphics together. Like, it does a really good job of making you feel like you're in, you know, a kung fu movie. Yeah. Look, the ambient sound was nice as well. Oh, yes. Beautiful stuff. Like... Birds. Lots of birds. Really good Foley punching dudes... I think Foley kind of gets underestimated, but I think this game had very good good stuff for dude punching. Hmm. Kai. Mm, what did y'all think about the sound and music? Pretty. Pretty, except I for one bird. There was Pretty. one particularly loud bird that annoyed me. Well, and I'll just point out that they went to the effort of paying a PhD candidate in linguistics to make up a language and still did the Knights of the Old Republic thing where they will repeat the same six phrases of it over and over. Yeah, why why did that need to be here again? So that you can have lots of people you need to manually click their dialogue along instead of it automatically progressing, I guess? Yeah. I never really got that. It doesn't really factor into the story much at all. Here, here, there it was this ancient add, language. It doesn't even add anything to the setting. No, just there are some people who like to speak in the old tongue, and they're going to do it. Whether you want to or not. One of them is an elephant demon. You should not mess with him. He will beat you up. I ain't afraid of no elephant demon. Heavenly you elephant didn't demon. fight him. <laughs> I didn't make the elephant demon, this is true. Heavenly demon? Yeah, I chose to go kill all the cannibals instead. Yeah, that's what I did. Stupid cannibals. Heavenly cannibals. They look like ghoulies. Yeah, yeah not so much on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to call them heavenly cannibals, Phil. They are demonic little... Okay, okay, but you know what they would say after they got done eating? Heavenly dining. Okay, um, you I'm taking you from this call. I'm taking over this show for now. Heavenly Leaping chickens. tiger! Leaping tiger! How about the voice acting? Well, your main character doesn't talk, so that's a start. Um, the Except voice acting is good, though. Yeah, well, other than Leaping Tiger and Heavenly Wave. A- and the name of every other attack. Mirabelle! Um, uh, to be honest, I, like, I was kind of happy that that was all they said, because I think that could have been way worse than it actually was. I also heard my character say, I am a master! <laughs> <laughs> well, we are a master, man. Yeah, it, it's true. Yeah. And like, she said a few not times, lying. you'll never win. Also true. Yeah. You'll never win. Yeah, my character. She said things that made perfect sense. Let's put it that way. Now, apparently, the PC version of Jade Empire gives you this wonderful feature. If you beat it, you can access a brand new difficulty level where you do a quarter of the usual damage and the enemies do triple their usual damage. Doesn't that sound fun? That sounds stupid. Heavenly difficulty. Uh, considering you can solve the whole game by backflipping over the guy, hitting him three times, and then backflipping again. I or, you know, waiting until you problem. get your Jade Golem, and then just stompity stomp, stomp, stomp. I love you, Jade Golem. Told you, Jade Golem fixes everything. It'd, it'd still take a lot longer. <laughs> I'm okay with that, because at least, again, it, it still fixed stuff. Jade Golem for the win. Heavenly Golem. And yes... This game features, it's a minor character, but John Cleese. Well, you exactly. Every game John is Cleese. better with John Cleese. And Yay. wait till you guys talk about Fable. John Cleese, everything. the guy who does Western RPGs. Just everything is better with John Cleese. That's just a general yeah. statement that it happens to be true, yeah. yeah everything. You, you, you know what? You, you could be being beaten to death with, you know, horrible, Lies. like, razor-embedded baseball bats. And if it was John Cleese doing it, you'd feel better about it. This is an interesting statement. So you want to die by John Cleese, Scott? Because I'm going to keep that in mind. 
Well, if, if you can arrange that, that would be awesome. If you could get me him to hit me with a large fish, that would be even better. So do you Apparently want him he voices like... a character in <laughs> Fable 3. He does. Yeah, he's the, he's the butler. That's automatically a point in Fable 3's favor. Just one, though. Just one. It needs yeah, everything it can get, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there are some people who like Fable 3. You know who but you are. I, I haven't played any Fables yet, so I can't say. Are you actually going to try one? Mm-hmm. We'll see what the summer brings. We'll see if I feel like Peter Molyneux's stuff just can't go without be- me playing it anymore. For that episode, I'm going to read random tweets from the Peter Molyneux account. <laughs> Please. That, that should just be the whole episode. <laughs> He's Best probably episode. tweeted enough that you could fill out a five-hour podcast, right? Yeah. And most of it's just, my products are so awesome that you need to check them out right now. Something along that level? Oh, you, you don't know the Peter Molly Do account? <laughs> you ha- I've never been given a reason to follow it yet. Uh, he tw- it's a fake person posing as Peter Molyneux that tweets really high-concept game design ideas oh, okay. that are kind of terrible. <laughs> but are, you know, touted to be the best thing ever. Because, you know, that's what Peter Molyneux did. He made many he made many promises and never followed through on any of them. Like politicians. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully he hasn't gotten as many death threats as George W. That's debatable, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's talking to the gamer community. Who, you know, anyway, we're, we kind of derailed a little from Jade Empire here. Yeah. Because we talked about John Cleese, and he's amazing. And, and now for something about. completely different. Now for something completely Okay, anything else that we haven't talked about, Jade Regent, before we wrap this segment up? No, no, before we get to that, this game has deliberately tried to be more accessible to non-RPG people. Like, it's, you know, 20 hours at the longest, it's, you know, the the leveling is pretty basic, and the combat is very straightforward. Yeah, and it's got the adjustable difficulty as well. Yeah. Well, even Baldur's Gate had adjustable difficulty. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they they went out of their way to try and broaden the RPG as much as possible, which is something they've kind of made a hallmark of lately, for better or worse. And, and I think this is the game where it really did work, where it's like, yeah. I would have everything. to I would have to completely uh, agree with you. I, I mean, anybody who's listened to enough of my podcast knows that I more appreciate the more complicated, deeper tactical RPG experiences and the such. And and I I absolutely abhor and bemoan the fact that they've taken certain franchises and watered them down or dumbed them down to appeal to mass audiences. I hate it. But in this particular case, uh, they they did a couple things right, in my opinion, uh, when deciding, hey, we want to make something more accessible to audiences. First thing was they created a totally entire Entirely a different IP. Don't take Dungeon Dragons to try to make it a single-person, first-person shooter. It's a tabletop RPG. It's meant to be complicated. So we made something completely different, Jade Regent, so I have no one of those normal expectations like they did when they dumbed down Dragon Age. I don't have any of those expectations come to the table. So as, a, as an older RP gamer, my mind is fresh. I'm taking this fresh. But as I got into it, by the time I figured out that, wow, you're right, all this stuff is so simplified, I didn't care. I was already hooked in. Bam! Just like that. It was great. Awesome. They did a great job. Saying I'm green with you. So what difficulty do people play on? Easy. Heavenly easy. No, just yeah, I, I tried Normal. playing on student, but you know, playing it with a, with the directional keys on the keyboard and the mouse is not that easy, so I flipped yeah. the easy real fast. You don't have a controller? Well, I was going to say, stu- yeah. easy uh, is student, honey. I mean, master. Yeah, master, master is normal. normal. Okay, man. yeah, I switched from master to student. 
I play all my Western RPGs on easy because, you know what, I just want to enjoy the story and enjoy the choices and get my Chivos that way. This game can have Chivos, but I'm okay with it because I still had a lot of fun playing. Is it all about the Chivos? (laughs) Sam is all about her Chivos. Don't Uh, you know that? uh, Yeah, Yeah, I know I played it on Master for most of it, but there were definitely definitely fight so I switched it down immediately after failing the first one well I was going to say which ones did you do it on it other than obviously I remember you said Sun Lee you did it for that uh, Sun Lee I did it on I think I was doing the gold arena fights oh yeah, those, some of those that, are that, bitchy that, that, really, that really long one like I think the, I spent that about... boss the, the fight everyone for from every other match well, yeah that, that kind of yeah thing. I managed to get to the last character the first time but that took me about 15 minutes and then I died of about 5% health so I just went sod it and Murdered everyone very quickly. Hmm. It's fun murdering people. It is. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I, great, great. Um, but going back to what Scott said, I think that's a that's a great perspective there, Scott. I absolutely 100% agree with you. Any I other? Love the fact that it's unique, by the way. Like, I mean, how many games can you honestly say you've played where you have, you know? this type of a setting like i well, e- even then uh even without the setting i think that bioware kind of started to make a habit of pulling twists in their games with knights of the old republic and this is the best constructed one they did like there's enough hints there but it totally knocks you off your guard the first time and then you play it a second time and you're like oh shit i missed all this stuff <laughs> yeah they did a good job of sort of foreshadowing but not too much no absolutely um well and you know this brings me to actually something i want to ask scott which is why do you feel that suddenly such an effective villain because his motives are pretty much like you're a special person and then i want you to try to come and defeat me and it, it comes across very simplistic like he, i'm not he's saying it's a bad thing like he's super straightforward in his goals which you know he he, he wants all the powers which you know is pretty cliche but they introduce you to him as a guy who, you know, is a bit more sympathetic and you can kind of get a feel for. Like, when he talks about losing his daughter, he you, you believe him. Like, he's a master manipulator. And I think that's what makes him stand out. And then you add the fact that he pulled off the absolute sort of Xanatos plan just by sitting around waiting. I, you know, it without the plot ever feeling super contrived to make him win. Yeah, I, I gotta give you credit there. That's kind of different in a way. You know, he he's actually quite simple, but it's actually really effective. <laughs> so. Also, there's the bit during the end credits when he tells you the story about, you know, uh, going through the Walk of Pain and the Walk of Torment and then getting your head cut off in the Walk of Horrible Maiming. But it was okay, because you, you know, it was a clean cut. And walk it off and punch a mountain into space. <laughs> Oh, those were the best. The the end dialogue sequence was flipping amazing. I like Don Star's audition video. <laughs> or her little audition tape. It was really cute. Hmm. Sky not so much. Sky's still lame. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's just not dateable. I, I don't get the attractiveness. You know, women out there who've played Jane Empire explain to me how Sky's attractive, because right now I'd rather go Lesbo for Silk Fox. And when I replay the game, that's so happening, because I screwed up my dating, <laughs> and it upset me. Dude, I always go lesbian in Western RPGs when given the chance. I feel like we should all be concerned for Scott. We should all be concerned for Scott. Uh, all right, so 
so we're all telling you go and play. And I agree with you. Actually, uh, to go back to how you start out this whole little side conversation, Sam, I agree with you. It, it's very, you know, it's very original. I mean, we have we have hundreds of RPGs to you know to go back and play. Um, you know, even if you just want to consider you know the newer ones from the newer ones. I put that in quotation marks. An RPG backtrack from from this millennium. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, but Jade Empire absolutely stands out uh, among other reasons for its originality. Because you're right. I mean, whether it's the way the game you know handles or or its theming, uh, its story, it's just very uh, original all the way around. And it's a short. A few enough- years ago, I saw that Bioware's CEO mentioned that it's a, a staff favorite around Bioware's offices, but. Uh- Aside from that, nobody's talked about any further adventures in the Jade Empire. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a shame, and, and well, you know for and now Ray and Greg have left, so, <laughs> so definitely yeah. not happening. But um, uh, and you know, it, it, and the, the fact that it's only twenty hours. A lot of times, people say, "Oh, only twenty hours." You know, I, RPGs, I managed to but... take a whole twenty eight hours because I was slow, I guess. Well, but well, no, you if you do like everything, it's closer to thirty. Well, I was gonna. I was just gonna point out that you know, with with the you know RPGs like Oblivion and stuff being eighty, ninety, hundred hours, or you know some of the longer Final Fantasies and stuff, or heaven forbid the MMOs. It is absolutely refreshing to you know be able to sit down and knock one of these you know things out of the ballpark. You know, as my free time gets uh, shorter, it's it's really nice sometimes to have a game that you can knock out in a twenty-hour deal. Yeah, it's nice to play something that doesn't feel like it's full of filler. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it yeah you sit down and i mean i was kind of griping the other day about uh, new world and now i feel like okay in order to survive i gotta grind it feels like filler you know so no it's, it's great you really don't get that in this game too much no deep roads no deep roads. there you go oh the only thing about dragon age that i hated um, and the fade god i hate the fade Alrighty. Well, you can grab this. Uh, you can grab this off of Steam for fifteen dollars. That would be the general way we would. I picked up my PC special edition copy for five bucks. I was going to say though, but if you waited for a Steam sale, um, it's it's bound to be down there. It's it, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nine pounds here. I'd like to point out that I bought it on Xbox, but since I'm Canadian, every copy was a limited edition. Every uh, copy in Canada. Well, you can limited. get you can get the very special Xbox limited edition for a whopping two dollars eighty two cents plus shipping. Totally worth it. So <laughs> now that you can totally worth more than that. The Xbox Live Arcade. There, I, yeah, wonder how. Well, that's probably fifteen bucks. I'd imagine. Huh? Was it fifteen? You think? Yeah. I can double check, but I'm betting. What's really cool is that they have a, an, a Jade Empire two entry in in Half dot com for Xbox three sixty. <laughs> it was un- it had this game has not been officially announced, although unofficial at this point. The sequel has been mentioned by team members as something's being toyed around with. So we decided to put a page up. So there you go. It's official. <laughs> oh, it is in fact ten bucks. Ten bucks. There you go. So <laughs> lots of cheap ways to play uh, play this game. Uh, grab it for you know grab it at fifteen. It is well worth fifteen dollars. Or wait for the next inevitable Steam sale, probably the July Fourth sale or something. No, I mean I got a physical copy for five bucks. <laughs> well, yeah, but unless you got an old Xbox lying around, I'd probably go ahead and recommend grabbing the Steam version. You get better well, graphics like that way. He got it on PC. Oh, on PC. Oh, you mean like disc? Oh, I don't yeah, think they people. Did a disc release. I don't know if people have those things anymore. What were they called? CD-ROM drives. DVD drives. DVD, CD-ROM. You can 
can, you can try and put a CD in and play this game with it. But I was pretty interesting. I was pretty shocked because um, you know uh, the last uh, when I bought a an Alienware laptop like five years ago, it came without any sort of drive whatsoever with Steam pre-installed. The idea was that you would download all the games you needed. Um, but then the last one I bought last year to replace that one um, didn't give me a choice. It came with a uh, Blu-ray, DVD, CD-ROM all in one drive already included. So seems like they kind of backpedaled on that whole electronic only mm. just a little bit and put the drive back into the laptops. So, but uh, there's still plenty of computer models out there that don't even have a disk drive anymore. You'd have to use an external, I suppose. Um, I would say right now, because uh, just being a PC gamer myself and a retro gamer and all that fun stuff, when I do see my old disc games on GOG, uh, especially or, or on Steam for you know a really reasonable price, I'll go ahead and buy the electronic version and put the disc in a separate pile uh, in my closet to collect dust as a as an emergency backup, I suppose. But um, or to be turned into a coaster later on. Um, and I would say I'm probably down to about two dozen games out of my vast PC collection that have been and probably will never be released digitally because they're probably ones where they're just having problems grabbing the rights or uh, doing the conversions or whatever it is, um, or they just don't think it's going to be profitable. So I've got a couple of RTSs, uh, um, KOTOR 2. I, I don't know, did that? No, that one actually did finally come out, didn't it? Did that not yeah, come out on Steam? Yeah, it finally hit Steam. Yeah, like finally hit Steam. Year. So that one's finally out. I think I just haven't picked it up yet. Um, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff is just kind of going digital and stuff. So, anywho, uh, definitely go out and grab yourself some uh, Jade Empire. Uh, we're going to let you listen to some mu- more music, take a little break, and come back with a special feature. We'll be right back. Have returned. We still got our blast from the recent past section. We want to get uh, get knocked out uh, on this on this ep- episode or podcast. Uh, but first, uh, I want to do. Uh, we're getting close to our 100th episode. Uh, this is number 90. So if you you know we got like nine more episodes after this, and then the 10th would be the 100th episode, if that makes any sense. So one of the things uh, I've been talking with Mike about that I wanted to do was kind of like my top 10 countdown list. And uh, starting with number 10, or in this case, actually, I'm going to start with the honorable mentions. And then every show until we get to 100, 100th show, I'll announce what my favorite game is. And this is extremely, extremely subjective. Every one of us has a complete, who, if we sit down at RP Gamer and we did our top uh, 10 list of games, uh, I'm sure they would be completely different uh, game list, uh, or at least uh, just in different orders or something, even if we had some things in common. Um, my rules... And everyone can have their own different rules if they want, but maybe if we could, you know, maybe, maybe if we all adopt these rules, is that um, we don't put. Uh, so whenever, uh, whenever I'm looking at my like my favorite game from a series or something, um, I'm only going to pick um, one game from that series. So there will only be one Final Fantasy game on this list. 
there I'm not you know no that's a good fun. thing that's a good thing otherwise it could be filled with well I don't like Final Fantasy that much but it could be um, but just one game from each uh, from I each series I think I know what game from that series you'll be choosing God, too. You, you you'll never be able to imagine it you, you just you just won't um, it's clearly going to be Final Fantasy eight yeah yeah absolutely eight or or ten two what can I do for you so that is really cool yeah um. And I, is that the only role I could think of? Yeah, I think that that might be the only role, other than the fact that it's extremely subjective. So tonight, though, I'm just going to do the honorable mentions. And then starting next podcast, I'll give you number 10. So real fast, I got three honorable mentions that just didn't quite make the list. I had to bump some things off. And again, it's extremely subjective. And it's games that uh, that were just so awesome to me, they they pretty much just drug me, and I just had so much fun with them. Um, number... Honorable mention number one is, you know it's a tough competition if Baldur's Gate is on the honorable mention list. Uh, love Baldur's Gate to death. It's old school. D- you know, the story is great. The characters are awesome. We had a huge show on Baldur's Gate, and it's just absolutely hilarious. It's chock full of great charm. Um, it, it's just an absolute all-time um, RPG classic, and it helped put um, Bioware on the map, really. Um, just absolutely a fun, fun game. It's stuck in the honorable mention category because... As much as as much as I like the D and D system, um, and this is a very personal list. This this is not an official RP gamer list where I might hold it back because I feel that that system that that old D and D system makes it hard to recommend to new players or anything like that. But the on a personal level, it's the opposite where I felt that their real time implementation of the battle system held it back for me. I would have just absolutely this game would have been a home run for me if it was turn based like the old gold box games were or something like that. If it was an updated version of gold box, which is what I was really looking for, um, I think the uh, the battle system would have just been an absolute home run. As it was, I'm sitting here pausing every two seconds and trying to get my fireballs just right and trying to micromanage these guys and hold them back. And it, you know, for that reason, it really didn't capture the spirit as far as the gameplay goes at the tabletop. But it's still up there, really high up on the list because the characters, the story, uh, the you know everything else about the game um is just really really awesome the, the series as a whole i mean Baldur's gate number two is absolutely a, you know a lot of fun as well but Baldur's gate number one s- s- steps out a little bit more in my mind perhaps because it was the first one or yeah i don't know i don't know i like the first one better for some reason just a little bit better just just a tiny bit um maybe it's because the combat got more weightier in the second with those higher level spells too Ugh. um the uh, the the second one on my list is closely related, but it is the Gold Box games. Um, I just feel that they were super super ahead of their time. I put tons and tons of hours uh, back in the day into the uh, the Gold Box games, um, but unfortunately, time has not been too well to them. So the Gold Box. I've talked about these before, but they are uh, Goldbox refers to the series of Dungeon Dragons games that were released in gold boxes. They started coming out, I think, 1987-ish, 1988-ish, and they were released in, in, in three different series, uh, each one tying into a different storyline. These games were just so far ahead of their time as far as... Um, they they had uh, you built your home party from scratch. Um, they were built on the D and D combat system and the character building system, so it was extremely deep and complex. It was really cool how you could carry your characters over from the first game to the second game into the third game in the, each series. Uh, that was super awesome. A lot of games ahead of the time didn't even do that, even though they were sequels. Um, it, the um, the combat 
uh, system with the tactical layout and stuff like that was way ahead of its time. I mean, it wasn't until she's yeah, Shining Force, Final Fantasy Tactics that I got to experience those types of games again, and those weren't, in my opinion, at least, you know, looking through the lens of time, I suppose, didn't feel as well executed, um, you know, as that. But um, it is super old and archaic, and going back and playing it now is very hard. The graphics, the sound, the the archaic first edition uh, rules uh, just make it very hard to go back and get into so it doesn't stay in the top 10 list because of that and then last but not least is might and magic clash of heroes which apparently is an rpg officially an rp gamer so i'm gonna put it on the list because i played the mess out of that game i played the ds version i played the playstation 3 version i'm playing the the uh, computer version now i can't get enough of clash of heroes line those little soldiers up in little rows and stuff and and, and might and magic clash of heroes i i love the might and magic rpgs i love you more the heroes of might and magic strategy um, I don't even know what they are, turn-based strategy RPG hybrids of some sort, mostly strategy um, exploration type of games. Um, I love them to death, so when they announced that Might and Magic Clash of Heroes was going to be some sort of puzzle game, uh, my face made a made a crinkly motion. And then we gave it Game of the Year. Oh my gosh, it's so bloody good. Yeah, you got to give it a chance, but boy, you know, old fogies like me, we don't like them when you change our old formulas and our IPs and stuff, as I said earlier with, uh, with Jade uh, Empire, but... Oh my gosh, you sit down and play it, and, and yeah, getting into, getting in, yeah, the, the artwork's really cute, it's got the anime look, if you're playing on a computer, it's really crisp and clear and high definition, um, I don't recommend the PlayStation 3 version, because it takes forever and a month of Sundays to load, but on my computer, uh, especially with my hybrid hard drive, flash drive deal, um, it loads a very lickety split and keeps the, the action just going, um, but yeah, when you get into fights with bad guys, it, it you've got your army that you kind of recruited and leveled up through previous fights going against whatever enemy you're fighting and you line up your troops horizontally and vertically to make them offensive or defensive there's a lot of thought in it you know the and how well you think of the battles makes a, a huge difference but also you know how well you've leveled up your troops and uh you know which artifact you equipped it can also be a, a big huge help so it, it's just it just tickles all the right areas and it's just the right length too by the time i got to the end uh by the time i get through an end on a playthrough i'm done with it <laughs> and i'm ready for like a year or two break and then i go back to it here's the genius of clash of heroes is that unlike certain other uh puzzle game rpg hybrids uh they actually do manage to have differences of kind rather than just differences of scale like you play puzzle quest the first five hours are the same as the last five hours except doing a puzzle or doing a battle in the last five hours takes four times as long because all the numbers got bigger. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second you've got, you know, a really good handle and basically at the master level with a army type in Clash of Heroes, you that's that part of the story is done and you're flipping to a completely new army and it ramps up the difficulty each time. So the, sure. the learning curve gets tighter and tighter. Yeah. No, you're right. That's, that's a great part of the genius of it. Each of the races plays a, a bit differently. And that was kind of part of the charm of, of Heroes of Might and Magic. But, I mean, we talked about filler earlier in Heroes of Might and Magic. As much as I love the series, each of those games has a lot of filler if you're just working your way through the campaigns. Uh, by the time you get to the last race on any of those Heroes of Might and Magic deals, you are done. <laughs> you are just, like, done. Um, but, yeah, Clash of Heroes was just, you know, really, really great. And I think it's on – isn't it on iOS now, too? 
I, yeah, it, it, it has hit the tablets yeah. and the phones. I'm not super sure. Yeah, if, if any of y'all have played the uh, those tablet versions, you can write us. Let us know how much you, you, you do or don't like them. I haven't, that's the only iteration I haven't played. But out the other... It tempts me on my Nexus 7. It, it tempts, it tempts you. <laughs> I've been... there, there are a few things on the Android marketplace that tempt me. You know, I will not place. I'm not paying ten dollars for Chrono Trigger again. Oh my god! What is it with Square and iOS charging these? Well, hyper- well, ten is ten. Almost sounds reasonable next to the sixteen, 16. for Final Fantasy four and five. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Boy, but I would pay twenty twenty five if they did a nice high definition remake of six. <laughs> it's going to be a cleaned up version of the Wonder Swan Color Port. <laughs> Uh, that I won't do. Um, I won't do the. I don't do the PlayStation One port either. Ugh. Uh, yuck. But the PlayStation One port was the Wonder Swan Color version. Oh, I no wonder it's so glitchy. The, and the stuff. Wonder Swan Color version is the definitive version of all Final Fantasies. Didn't you know? Of course. Yes, that would be the ideal one to port. No, no. Well, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so far, especially it, a Final Fantasy Two. God. The, the let's, my, ne- let's never mention that one again. <laughs> It actually. If we don't mention it, people might forget and try to think that it's good. Hmm. Um, to, to just jump back to Clash of Heroes for a minute, I mean, I originally played on the DS, and having it on the go and touch screen worked, you know, pretty decently. Though I just went to using the normal controller, but yeah, I, and then I got on PlayStation Three, better graphics, obviously, on PlayStation Three, but the loading times are just atrocious. Um, I don't know why a puzzle game takes longer to load than Grand Theft Auto Four. I, I just don't get it. But. Um, uh, but yeah, on the PC it works really. Smooth. It has nothing. I'm sure it has nothing to do with porting from a Nintendo architecture. I I don't know. All I know is the that wonky as hell PlayStation Three architecture. Oh, I'm sure those are totally compatible systems. All I know is the PC works really good. Uh, PC version is ten bucks. You could probably find those DS uh, version, PSN version, probably is much different than the ten bucks. And I'm sure you can find a DS card pretty cheap. But yeah, go for the go for the. PC version. Mm, okay. Um, and Baldur's Gate, you can get that on... You can get the original one on GOG for 10 bucks if you, for some odd reason, don't have that yet, or the HD version's out there for 20 bucks. the new kind of remake HD, you know, version. So if you've never played it before, probably should just go ahead and shoot for the, the HD version. I imagine it has a little bit more content, and um, I'm sure Multi whatever... Player. Yeah, I'm sure whatever little bugs they had, they probably have worked out by now, haven't they? Didn't you get that one? Did you get the HD version of that one? No, no. I have not yet. No, I mean, I saw the reviews and stuff, and I'm like, eh, I've already got the regular version, and I just used the, I think I used the the user-created patch to quote-unquote make my old Baldur's Gate high definition. If you do that, there's not, didn't seem to be enough there to justify me jumping in, you know, 20 bucks more for the HD version. But if you've never, ever played it before, never bought it before, might, you know, might be worth paying the extra 10 bucks and getting that, getting that, so, or getting it on a Steam sale for even less if it comes up on a Steam sale, so... And the gold box games don't even try. PC gaming spend twice as much. Yeah, PC gaming spend twice as much on hardware, but uh, a tenth as much as long as you're willing to wait a year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank goodness for Steam. Exactly. Wait a year and get it. Exactly. Man, got some really good cheap games on Steam. On Steam sales. Just wait. That's all it takes. It's just waiting. All right. Cool beans. Well, we're gonna take another teen time break, and we'll be right back with our blast from the recent past section.
return to uh, talk about our blast from the recent past elections. Uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about an RPG or two or three or four that came out about <laughs> two years ago. For us, that is recent on the RPG backtrack. Uh, you're very fortunate to find one of us who's playing an RPG that's actually from around that time period or, or newer. So um, each one of us – there's actually quite a list that's kind of grown here. So each one of us has chosen one. And we're going to start with Miss Sam who wants to talk about a game that's off this list that either made her uh, – that, that stuck out the most to her either positive or negatively. So what have you chosen, Sam? I picked Yakuza 4 and I uh, – Door, the Yakuza series. I kind of blame Manny for that because he was like, yeah, it's totally an RPG. Um, it's sort of an RPG, I guess. But Yakuza 4 introduces four new main characters to the series, so you're not just playing as a Well, Dragon only three. Only three. Shush. It's four characters, three new ones. <laughs> um, you don't have to play this as the Dragon of Dojima until the very end of the game, which is kind of nice. Um, it introduces by far the greatest character in the series, Akiyama, who is total babe candy, and he's like the Robin Hood. He, he's a, supposed to be a loan shark, and yet he's like, yeah, you can pay me back when you feel like it. Or, no, no, you can pay me back with community service. Yep. Like, he's pretty entertaining, and uh, he also, again, all the characters in the in the game have their own unique fighting styles. Akiyama, in particular, uses his feet. Uh, as compared to some of the other characters, like Seijima, who is a convict. <laughs> he basically just punches dudes really hard and moves really slow. And then there's um, Tenimura, who is a crooked cop, who basically... How do I put it? He kind of is like an underground... He's a self-hating self Korean? He's not Korean. I think he's Chinese, if I'm not mistaken. He's half Japanese, half Chinese, because he deals with the Chinese community within um, Kamurocho. He's basically trying to get a lot of the people on their feet to make them feel like they are less of a second-class citizens. Uh, Tanimura's plot is okay. It's probably the weakest of the bunch outside of Kazuma's plot, which is, oh my god, Haruka, you got kidnapped again, and can you please stop getting kidnapped? Um, but if she gets kidnapped Kazuma's... two more times, she gets a free sandwich. <laughs> I know. Um, but for the most part, I mean, Kazuma's plot is also him dealing with his past coming back to haunt him, as is the Again. norm in Yakuza 3 and 4. In Yakuza 2, it's more like, here's the Korean mob, deal with them. But I actually really enjoyed the first two plot lines in the game, especially just because... Um, Seijima's plot, being a crooked convent who got put into jail for something he didn't do, is pretty fascinating, actually, considering how he confronts the mob and, and what happened to him. Uh, I quite enjoyed that. And Akiyama's is just, he's adorable, and he has, like, the best sidekick ever, Hannah, who, I mean, she basically tells him, you know, Mr. A, you're supposed to go get the money. Why do you keep letting people off the hook? And he's like, eh, because I'm a nice person. She's like, that doesn't help our business. I don't get paid. Like, she's a cute little fat secretary, and I just want to hug her every time she opens her mouth. And the game has Majima, and Majima is the best character ever. Because he is a guy with an eye patch who's all like, Kazuma's my boyfriend, except for the part where he's totally except not. Except for murder. Except for murder. And machine guns. So, play Yakuza 4, but do yourself a flavor and play Yakuza 2 first, because that's actually the best one in the series. 
then play four because four is fun. And Yakuza one is the one that's most archaic now, right? Um, it's okay. Like you play Yakuza one for the story because the story is really fabulous. You don't play it for the really poor voice acting, which is done by like famous celebrities. And you don't play it because you don't have as much accessibility in terms of the moveset and abilities and that sort of thing. Part of what makes Yakuza 4 great is that there really is a variety in terms of the movesets. Um, lots of grappling techniques. Every character's got different finishers. And it's not just one finisher. You have a variety of them. So as long as you master the techniques, I mean, there's a lot to work with. So that's one thing I love about the series. It really does have a great sense of variety. So it's definitely worth picking up if you can find it on the, especially on the cheap seas, because it's where Sega basically sent the series out to die, as per usual. Because we don't have an announcement for localization for Yakuza Five. I want my Haruka dance battles. You hear me, Sega? No, Sega does not hear anything. That's been made clear. Uh, of course not. <laughs> Screw you, Sega. They stick their fingers in there and they go, la, 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 la. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I got Yakuza for because you told me to get it. I just haven't got around to playing it yet. As is the norm with everybody. Pretty much, yeah. But it's I told them the to play Yakuza 4 and they don't. But it's secured in the collection. And it's currently number 635 on the backlog. That is depressing. No, 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 that's exciting. I'll get to it. I've, I've got it on the spreadsheet, and I've calculated I should get to it about the year 2027, assuming my PlayStation 3 doesn't burn up. Good luck with that. Yay. That's only 14 years from now. I know. How awesome is that, huh? By then, Mike will, have, Mike will have finally played a game that came out, this, came out on the <laughs> Xbox 360. So look forward to us finally talking about... You know, the good Fallout game. <laughs> and how about that uh, Lost Odyssey? What, what, do you, what do you expect me to say about it? I have nothing to say about it right now. Can you please get into the 21st century, mister? No. Can you stop living in the past? Sam, Play the good games. Me, let, no. let me some money so we can... Send so we can buy a new Xbox 360 Slim and then send Mike our old one. Eh. <sighs> okay. Well, I understand Sam's not feeling well, so she's gonna leave us a little early tonight. I love you guys. I'm sorry that like I offered nothing to this conversation except for awkward pauses and confusion. No, you offered a lot actually. It's awesome having you on. Make Aww, sure you come Sam. back again. Go get some rest. Guys are too kind to me. And feel better. Everybody feels like crap lately. I'm sorry to hear that you're a part of it. Yeah, and don't share Mike's NyQuil with him. That's not a good idea. Yeah, I think. Hey, I'm gonna finish it on my own. <laughs> you'd you'd have to get down here real fast if you want some of my NyQuil. That's mine. I don't it want your NyQuil. I have. The makes me sleep like a log. Nothing else does. Really, you should try gravel. <laughs> Shoot. Gravel? What the hell is gravel going to do? Choke me so that I never have to get up again? Thanks a lot, Sam. Now I know how you really feel. Mike, we live in Canada. We can get Tylenol 2 over the counter. It's true, we can. <laughs> in any when case, your non-prescription medications! Good night, family. See. And good night, listeners. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye-bye. laughs> oh, 
That was a live reenactment of a cold there by Mike. Um, yeah, in case night. anybody hasn't had one, now you can virtually experience Vir- it forever. Virtually catch it. Okay. So uh, let's go on to Mr. Scott. All right. Well, I assume I'm going to have some excuses to talk about Dragon Age 2 in the near future somehow. So I'm going to go down the list and choose Costume Quest because I actually beat that the other day. Costume Quest. Tell us about that little gem, or is it a little turd? It, 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 no, this one's definitely a gem. Gem. It comes, from, it comes to us courtesy of uh, Double Fine. Mm-hmm. Writers of Fine Dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun little downloadable RPG uh, set in modern-day America on Halloween. Now, which... there's a cool original setting for an RPG. Yeah, uh, you are a young child whose sibling gets kidnapped by an evil witch. So you have to use the powers of costumes you make out of stuff you find to beat up her and her various goblin minions with the help of your friends. Of course. And you have to get all the candy. Yeah, that's logical. That's a goal I can get behind. You know, it's light, it's fun... It's real, like the the dialogue's really sharp and witty, and uh, the combat, while well, sort of typical JRPG, bad dudes on the right, you on the left. I, it does a good job of in, making it a little more active with uh, different sort of like little quick time events or waggle your stick to fill up a bar kind of things. It, it's kind of a hassle, but it's at least more engaging than just press X till everything is dead. Also, it's there's some really great attack animations, like uh, the the special attack for the robot costume is like flying in the air and launching missiles at all the dudes. Hmm. Cool. I seem to remember that Sam and Adrian played this concurrently and insulted each other constantly. Does that strike you as accurate? Yeah. If, if you go back into the review archives, you can see uh, one of an attempt at a co-op a cooperative review. In the style of sibling rivalry. <laughs> so it's one of more more novel attempts. So, um, so how much did you enjoy it? Really, I, I you know it, it's a lot of fun. Like I didn't like it. It, do, it do, definitely doesn't overstay its welcome. I. You know, it's a great thing if you've got a slow week and you find a good deal on it on the Steams. And also, you're giving money to Double Fine, and that's never a bad thing. Well, it's currently it's at 15 on GOG, but uh, like you said, there's usually a Steam or even a GOG sale um, going on once in a while. So, ooh, uh, let me just do put that on my wish list. So I remember to buy it when it goes on sale. Do that right now. I use my GOG wish list. <laughs> um, How many things are on that wish list? About 20, 25. I mean, I, I own a lot of GOG games, but I usually... Like, I'll buy some of them right when they come out if, you know, it's something I really, you know, am going like to play... System Shock 2, where yeah, you don't even have to Yeah, System think. Shock, you don't even think about it. That's right, exactly. Um, I got Catacombs because I thought it was just totally awesome. They revived this really old um, RPG first-person shooter from the 80s that I used to play all the time. 
Um, so I, I want to encourage them to continue to dig up those old gems because, I mean, I think that's really – they've been getting into a lot of independent stuff, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Costume Quest is one of those – you know is one of those partnerships and we're going to talk about another one on the final lap um and uh but i really think it's like bringing back classics like system shock and you know cata you know cata uh, cata whatever it's called what the kind of nine tails yeah um uh, yeah, so though that's uh, – I'm sorry. My computer just popped up with a Norton antivirus something or rather panel, and I never installed Norton. So that kind of concerns me that it's some sort of virus. So I'm going to go see if it's sitting – you know, it's this whole JavaScript. I hate so – that's the one reason I hate PCs is you don't deal with this, I, I swear. Uh, anywho, I digress. But yes, that that would be something to um, – anyway. Okay, what about you, Mr. Minky? Well, the only one out of that list that I can talk about would be Golden Sun Dark Dawn. Was it dark? Didn't you do a whole episode about that? It's a good time to recap, maybe. It's been a few episodes ago, hasn't it? The Golden Suns? I don't know. How long ago was that? That's, that's, geez, that's nearly three years ago now. So... Long story short, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it, of course, ends on another cliffhanger, and we haven't seen a sign of another Golden Sun since because that's what Nintendo apparently doesn't want for Camelot to make any more RPGs. Just make all the Mario Sports stuff. Um, Mario Sports are important. Hello. Everyone needs sports games with annoying, bullshit, stupid power ups. But it's a me, no. Mario! Yes. Clearly, because Nintendo... But, but without giving best. me more Mario Golf, because that was freaking perfect on the GameCube. It's me. <laughs> anyway, you get... It, it plays remarkably similarly to the first two Golden Sun games. Just uh, looks nicer... Honestly, all that not all that much nicer. The first two games look really good in battle, but I happen to apparently I like Motoi Sakuraba's music style for the most part, so I enjoyed the music. The combat was really fun. I enjoyed doing pretty much everything in this game, and I kind of wish I'd taken notes on it at the time, or because otherwise I'll have to look at my review and remind myself of exactly what the hell I was doing in it. But I had a blast with it, and. Anybody who has even an inkling of liking for the other Golden Suns and hasn't played this, get on it. There. Short, but sweet. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about Mr. Uh, Fulmer? Fuller. Fullis. Emptier, what I thought it Emptier. was. Emptier. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to talk about tits. You know, I like to talk about tits all the time, too. Yeah, that That's a really great topic. You know, we did not you know? mention that Woo the Lotus Blossom, of the various characters you could select to play as in Jade Empire, has the best tits. And that's important. That is important. Well, it had to be said. We forgot to do it in the main event. We better get it in now. Otherwise, we'd lose our chance. That's... And I'm sure at this point we're late enough in the episode that everyone, that anyone who would monitor us for standards and practices has given up on listening. A long time ago. (laughs) 
Okay, so now that yeah. prerequisite is out of the way, uh, well, to give its full title, Legends of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, which is out it's on PSP, and the main See? thing about this... Oh, sorry. I was going to go on another sidetrack. Keep going. <laughs> oh, no. it was, we've already done enough of those. Uh, the main thing about this is just how good the story, characters, and everything in this one is. I mean, it's a br- it's got a brilliant cast, brilliant story. Um, yeah, uh, the localization by Exceed is another thing that's brilliant. I mean, you had the previous games in the series, which were localized by... Bandai. I say localized. I think they were put through Google Translate, and then that was it. <laughs> but with the, but this one, XC sort of put all their effort into it, and it really shows. Cause it's such a brilliant story and dialogue and everything like that. Uh, yeah, buy it. You know that, and that's on the the PSP, right? Yep, it's on the PSP. And I, is it downloadable for the Vita nowadays? Does that is that one of those cross cross title deals? That'll um, well, not, hits on to UMDs. I'm pretty sure it should be. I don't know if it ever came out on the the PSN store. I mean, most PSP games that came out on the PSN store can be played yeah, on the pretty, Vita. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's on the PSN store, so it should be. And this is this is one I've actually got two copies of because. Uh, I imported the Exige version and then Ghostlight released it here. So I bought another copy. Mm-hmm. Well, ah, so um, just because that came with a bigger poster more than anything. You know, it's just a it's just a great example of um, uh, you know a system uh, getting you know some really great uh, RPGs in its late term. We're kind of seeing that now on the PS3. I see a number of um, in, I mean I don't know if they're going to be great you know good games yet, but. I see a number of very interesting-looking RPGs now coming out now that the PS4 has been announced. But uh, yeah, on the PSP, there were just a number of really good RPGs oh. that came out in the last couple of years before uh, Vita came out. And that the, was... the JRPG is the one thing that will always keep a system floating well past its expiration date. <laughs> PlayStation 2. PlayStation, oh gosh, yes. Yeah, the only sad thing about this is it seems it didn't really say enough to justify XC sort of like bringing over the sort of rest of the games after this because this is the first part in the trilogy. I Although gather that Exceed's been interested in it still, but uh, the second yeah, one is even longer, right? With even oh, yeah. more text to translate. Oh, yeah. Like it's oh, yeah. twice as long, and now the PSP's dead, so yeah. they're I mean, quite sure yeah, there's, where, there's to, hope, where they're. Yeah. There's hope that they could sort of possibly do something with a PC port or. Well, they, didn't it like come that, out on the PC initially, anyhow? Um, I think it did, probably. yeah. And, yeah, and then the PSP version came out several years after that. Yeah, I think it might be like that. So they found yeah, Falcom, Falcom really likes to develop on the PC. Yeah, yeah, it came out in on the PC in Japan in like 2004, and then the portables two years later. Yeah, well, for, fortunately, it, it actually wraps up very nicely. So it's still an excellent game on its own, and you're not, and you are getting a decent ending. So that's good. Yeah, the yeah the the sequel to it uh, did in fact come out on both both sequels to it did come out on the uh, well uh, no uh, my mistake uh, the AU Densetsu Seven came out on the PC but uh, Trails in the Flash is actually coming out for the Vita so interesting yeah uh, there's about I think there's about six games now that have 
come up that have been sort of announced since then, including various HD ports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, if we get any of them, I'll be very happy. <laughs> cool. Mm, let's see here. I put some time into. Um, what was it called? It's on. Dissidia. Final Fantasy Dissidia. I actually played that on the uh, PSP. Uh, boy, not that long ago, actually. Um, but looking at the list, it, it is even the more stupidly named Dissidia Duodeshim. Oh, what does Duodeshi mean? That would uh, that was the sequel. Twelve, something like which that. <laughs> had twelve playable characters. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't think I got made it to that one. I, I played the first one, and that pretty much got it out of my system. I remember Chris really, really liked to say. Duodeshim for a long time. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's all I know about it. I yeah, that's no, pretty much a lot of I think that one actually had the cooler playable, playable characters, though, didn't it? Kind of, almost. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, yeah, I, it was just the I think game. It brought in two from every game, so you got the protagonist and someone who wasn't lame. Hmm. I mean, I liked him well enough to put a probably a good dozen or so hours into it but um yeah the this i mean but i'm tired yeah the i don't know if the storyline was even better than the second one because the first one was kind of like yeah um it was kind of some you know some interesting good fan service in there but yeah it just didn't really have enough power in it to make me want to do it again in the second one so hmm all right well then that's all i have to say so <laughs> we'll take another little break and we'll be right back to wrap this up with the final lap return with the final lap this is the part of the show where we kind of do the kitchen sink stuff read your comments answer questions tell you what we're doing and all that other fun stuff that just kind of gets jumbled up in here so uh let's see here you know it didn't even occur to me maybe check to see if we had any cool comments from the last show mr minky did we have comments we're gonna find out here because i click on the links here it's going it's going oops except i clicked on the wrong link that was not the right link to click on to all right here we go a quartet of quintet i know um jeez i don't remember what that show was about there wasn't any comments anyways quartet of quintet what what is it um 
Oh my gosh, what did we talk about last show, Mike? Mike's left me hanging in my time of need. We talked about five games. They were all related, and it, for the life of me, it's just totally escaped my brain. Well, we got one comment that makes no sense. Makes at all. no sense. It doesn't help. Me. Oh, Soul Blazer, Soul Blazer, <laughs> Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma, and the Grand Stream Saga. So that's that's what we talked about that show. I guess, I no, guess it, the comment is apparently directly in relation to your. Uh, obsession with the lack of faces. Oh, faces yes they were so evil oh my god now i remember that show as soon as you mentioned faceless people it just all comes back in a torrent of nightmarish images uh, just terrible stuff oh my gosh Whew, man i tell you what you just need to see some screenshots of that game and you're set you know what you know what if you want to make a real haunted house just print out some screenshots really big and stick it all over your you know your walls and you're good to go um so, anywho, um, not a lot of comments there, but you can leave your comments about this show or future shows or previous shows, all of that over at um, um, rpgamer.com and click, click on the forums link that's on the left-hand menu, So, um, or you can just uh, probably go directly to board.rpgamer.com, maybe, um, forward slash forum. Anywho, uh, let's see here. Let's do let's do our go-around where you guys get to talk about what you're working on the site, what you're working about off the site, what you're playing, anything you want to chit-chat about. It's all fair game. And we're going to put somebody underneath the spotlight. We're going to pick on Mr. Scott first. Well, right now, I am messing around with Infamous 2. Ooh, how's you enjoying it? Uh, I am, you know, I'm liking it. I'm liking it a great deal, more than the, the first game. More than the first one? I haven't quite, quite got, I got like halfway through the first one. Oh, this one, uh, it manages to uh, convincingly depower you while also not leaving you at square one. Like, at the start of the game, you get in a fight with a giant monster, and it beats you up. So you lose about half your powers from the first one, but you get all the ones that were handy, like the, the thing where you float and um, most of your combat. The, the basic combat ones are intact. Nothing worse than being Metroid out of all your powers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it looks a hell of a lot better. I think um, the, the platforming is a little floaty. It's okay, though. Like, I don't mind how forgiving it is. I just keep expecting to it to play when I go to climb a wall. It to play like uh, Assassin's Creed and not Mario, <laughs> and I'm zapping dudes with lightning. That's always fun. Hmm, lightning. Lightning is a lot of fun. No, it's a. I mean, the first one. I mean, I really enjoy the setting and the the, the combat's pretty solid. I've been I've been having fun with it. Cool. Anything else you want to share? Um, not really. No. Hmm, Mr. Fuller. Um, I've been playing Devil Survivor Overclocked recently because that only just came out here. Ooh, Devil Survivor. Yeah. And how's uh, how's that treating you? I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. But yeah, I'm only a few hours into it, so opinion's not fully formed, but definitely liking what I've seen. How how far have you gotten into it? Uh, it's, I think I'm on the beginning of the second day. Oh, okay. Well, we've got some ways to go then. Yep. Yeah, might need a little grindy grindy in that one too. Oh yeah, I did just come across the tough battle, which I'm doing a bit of training for. Cool. I mean, yeah, looks fun. It, it it really is. I mean, it just I I probably only got about that far before I had to go back to other games on my backlog because I got it when it came out. The Atlas just has a way of making me buy games when it comes out, unlike most other types of games that I normally will wait for. Um, partly because of the stuff that they'll release with the game, and partly because of the fact that they always well not always, but a lot of times release them in in limited quantities, and I'm always afraid to not be able to find it later on in some of the better games. So. You know, that one definitely looked good enough to go ahead and oh, yeah, snatch up. Is, yeah, this is where I can do my rage against Atlas not having European division combined with a 3DS having region lock. 
Oh, what is it with the whole region lock thing? It just needs to go away. It's such an archaic concept. Bad people. But then, but then the Japanese market might have to price things in ways that make sense and not exploit their fan bases to within an inch of their ramen-eating lives. <laughs> ramen-eating. That's true. We can't have that. <laughs> like, I mean, they just announced the North American Blu-rays for uh, for Gurren Lagann, and they're the exact same as the Japanese Blu-ray, which means half the special features don't have subtitles, and it costs six hundred dollars. Ouch. Oh yeah, so we've had the yeah, I was seeing the fun with Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> yeah, oh. I am renting those off the PlayStation Network. I will buy it when price. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> over, over, Devil, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor Overclocked uh, used is going for 30 plus shipping and it came out uh, almost two years ago. So yeah, those those games just don't really fall in price. It's just unlike most uh, PC games <laughs> and even uh, some of those PlayStation 3 games, there's just really not a whole lot of point to waiting. So if a good one comes out, you want to get it, that's uh, might as well go ahead and grab it. It's, well, it's, it's Atlas. You, you gotta it's buy Atlas. it. It's Atlas. You gotta buy it. Yeah. So yeah, mine's mine's uh mine's sitting in the closet. Cool. Anything else, Mr. Alex? Um there's a few things I could plug for the website. Sure. Uh, absolutely. I wrote a Soul Sacrifice preview I think last week, so check that out. That looks interesting. Mm-hmm. And I've also written a, fe- a feature which includes one of the games we had listed on our last and recent past. Oh. So I've given Godsey to burst some love. Hopefully that will go up, I think probably about the same time this does, so Ah, so you've been playing a lot of that? Uh, I I played it a lot when it came out because I think I did one of the I did one of the reviews for it for the site. Mm-hmm. Also did the preview. I think I did all of Namco's marketing. Because hmm. they did none. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yeah, you're right. I didn't see a whole lot. I didn't see anything actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun with Jeez. that. Jeez. And I've given it some love. With every Atlas game that comes out, I get like five emails, three YouTube videos, and a partridge in a pear tree. Um, plus a few magazine commercials or whatever advertisements. But yeah, you're right. It didn't seem a whole lot yeah. of God burst. Hmm. Yeah, fortunately, I think Namco's picked it up a bit recently with all their Tales stuff. So hmm. looks like they've learned that JRPGs are worth marketing. Oh. For now. Well, yeah. This is, I think this is all part of Namco's greater plan to uh, feast on the tears of their fans. That's true. There's be so much better harvest next time. M- much sweeter harvest now that they've tasted hope. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, cool. Hi, Mr. Minky. Well, you may have recently seen a Terranigma review go up and then an Etrian Odyssey 4 review go up within the hour of the same day. What I've been playing since then would be Jade Empire and this little thing called Shinobi on the 3DS, which is convincing me that either my action gaming skills have atrophied to a horrible level or this game is fairly challenging. I had to resort to playing it on the easy mode, which gives you infinite lives, and yet I still have some trouble with it. Something about the the wall jump and the double jump confuses me occasionally, and I can't really explain why. doesn't take much in Shinobi. <laughs> a little Shinobi goes a long way. <laughs> and yet it is kind of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy... There's this helicopter that's been taking pot shots at you through the whole level. What is it? It's the boss. Kill that helicopter with your sword. Well, you're, you're Shinobi. You can do that. Or this gigantic mechanical shark that's been dogging you the whole stage. It's a boss. Then it pops out from behind a waterfall while ninjas pop out to annoy you in between its bursts. Kill it. Um, you Hayabusa took out two tanks, then a helicopter. Well, I'm not even sure which Shinobi this is. There have been several of them. 
It's not Joe Musashi, though. We're not talking about the guy who fought Spider-Man and then he turned into Batman and he kept fighting. Or the guy who fought the Terminator slash Hulk hybrid. Or the guy who fought Godzilla. And then Mecha Godzilla. Um, and let's see. I will speak on Oz the Great and Powerful because I saw it. Um, Mila Kunis, an interesting choice for the woman who had become the Wicked Witch of the West. Honestly, of all the actresses working today, would you think Mila Kunis as the Wicked Witch of the West? She does, her, she does her best, but she's up against possibly the iconic female villain. And I'm sorry, she, she can't live up to that. She tries. As for Rachel Wise as the Wicked Witch of the East, um, she was kind of a mess, and I laughed at her performance a few times. But if you're going to see it, Sam Raimi throws a few nice touches in there. There's the inevitable Bruce Campbell cameo you get with a Sam Raimi movie. That's always nice to see. Um, it's longer than it needs to be. There are segments that feel like a ride at Disneyland instead of a movie. But I enjoyed it for the most part, even though half the time I was trying not to cough in the middle of a crowded theater. Did you see I, it in 3D? Actually, since a relative paid for it, yes, I did. Did you enjoy the fact that they used millions of dollars of special effects to replicate the look of, uh, of two-dimensional the set, MGM? Two-dimensional sets and matte paintings? Yeah. Yes, I, no, I very much appreciate it. That's ridiculously Sam Raimi. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's nice to see something physical instead of an endless CG backdrop in the distance. Even though there is a ton of CG, but I guess it's okay. Well, and of course, the flying, the flying monkey monkeys now look like... Go. Yeah. If you're going to see it, it has fun moments. James Franco, I think, does the best he can. And Michelle Williams is is there. She She does even a wizard's duel, which... I don't know why I was thinking about Gandalf versus Saruman when that happened, but I was. So if you want to see it, it's pleasant. It's fine. It can't even come close to the 1939 movie, but what can? Um, would it have helped if this one had been a musical? I don't think that would have helped at all. Because MGM owns the rights to all the specific movie stuff. So we couldn't use any of the songs that everybody knows. It would have had to well, be stuff Danny Elfman came up with, which is fine, but... Well, he's... if it had become a Disney musical, there, there's only one person they would have hired, Paul Newman. Uh, well, I think we should be thankful that didn't happen. And I will also mention Corvette Summer, which is about the only other time you can see... <laughs> yes. Oh, I knew God. you'd recognize it, Scott. <laughs> oh, God. Mark Hamill's other thing. <laughs> Yes, where he has sex with Annie Potts. <laughs> and the villain is the guy from Laser Blast. It's Kim Milford, and he's a much oh. better villain than he is a lead. Oh, God, Laser Blast. <sighs> yeah, can't you see it? He's a much better villain than he is a lead. I, I'd buy that, especially... <laughs> uh, well, if you put him against Mark Hamill circa 1975, I think a lot of people hold up as a villain. <laughs> Yeah, it's the last thing he made before the, the motorcycle accident or whatever it was that gave him the scar. And it's a stupid movie, but it's hard to hate. Yeah, I, I just have to say, if uh, the the ending of Arkham City is how he ends, is how Mark Hamill ends his career at voicing the Joker, I am fine with that. <laughs> just just the, the the end credits with him singing "Only You" in the Joker voice. Goddamn. I suppose I should research something Carrie Fisher made between Star Wars movies, but is there anything aside from Blues Brothers? 
Oh, Blues Brothers was awesome. It was. But everybody knows about Blues Brothers. I can't really say, hey, you ever hear about this movie Blues Brothers? John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, man, go see it. Well, let, let's double check. <sighs> oh, I can mention Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Smokey. See, that's the thing is she did theater in between Star Wars movies, so... And if nobody recorded it, then it's lost forever. Oh, well. It's gone forever. Like, she she did... Let, let me double check. 77 now. But Smokey and the Bandit, I will mention because it is a stupid, oh. stupid, stupid movie. And yet, Burt Reynolds is fun to watch. I like Burt Reynolds. See, some TV stuff. Yeah, nothing. You're not going to oh. include the holiday special, are you? No, no. I was talking about uh, the TV version of Comeback Little Sheba. Hmm. Oh, actually, you could totally talk about uh, the music video for your si- Ringo Starr's version of Your 16. She was in that? Yes. Ow, I've never seen that. Okay. There we go. That's something we could find. <laughs> it's a great music video. It's like four minutes long. Ringo Starr's uh, solo career was totally not pointless. Hey, he sprang up two number one hits right off the bat. Who would have guessed? And then didn't record an album for 20 years? <laughs> no, he, he recorded plenty. They just didn't sell. Yeah. Uh, wait, he recorded the no-no song. That's worth hearing. Anyway, off track. Um, Phil, hmm. you're up. Well, I'm going to kind of mix in some news with this. Um, some news that might be of interest to our listeners of the RPG Backtrack. So I may have mentioned this before. I don't believe so. Occasionally I throw out mentions for uh, Kickstarters and the such that kind of you know tie into you know, retro well, we, RPG gaming got, like, and stuff. a few days left on Torment. Uh, right? I was just about to say, yeah, Torment, um, Tides to Numeria. So they had a goal of $900,000. Um, they are sitting at like I'm gonna reload it, but uh, yeah, three point four million of <laughs> their nine hundred thousand goal. Oh, uh, they haven't hit Chris Av- Chris Avalone is on the team yet. Yeah, uh, no, but they should they should hit that with another couple of days to go or so. I, I well, can't. There's even... only like there's less than three days left. Yeah, I mean, doesn't but you get a, you get a lot of pledges towards the end there, and it's only like for what they've done so far, it's only two or three more percent. So um, this, I'm thinking wait, they can get that. This doesn't count the people who are donating directly through PayPal. Uh, yeah, that that's a good point. Um, and and I'm excited to hear that uh, they are going to be releasing this one through GOG as well because I'm a huge fan of GOG, as most of you know. Um, so if you don't get it through the Kickstarter, uh, it's something to keep a, an eye out for for when it gets released. Uh, GOG will be one of those channels it gets released through. No DRM protection or any of that other nasty stuff that makes some of us PC gamers really I, I approve crabby. of their Pat Rothfuss, but disapprove of their Mer Lafferty. Bit of who? Oh, they part of part of uh, the, their stretch goals has been adding more writers to the team, and the first one uh, they added was Mer Lafferty, and screw uh, her. She's not good at anything. Oh, uh, hmm. Well, hopefully it turns out really good. It, it looks super exciting. I love the artwork. Just looking through the artwork and stuff, I'm just absolutely in love with it. Um, hopefully, uh, everything comes together, and I've supported that. They're these are the same guys who made uh, Wast- her making Wasteland too, right? Yeah, but I don't think there's any chance of them living up to the original Planescape Torment. No, and I mean, they kind of make that clear that it's going to be somewhat of a different uh, beast there in a number of different ways. So you definitely want to check out the uh, Kickstarter page uh, for more details. But the uh, but the artwork on it looks so pretty. Um, gosh, I love the artwork. Um, I'm a sucker for really good artwork. And then, um, uh, hey, hey, Mike. Yeah. What ha, did, wasn't it just a few shows ago that we were joking left and right, which would have been like a couple months ago about DuckTales? 
Woohoo! And, and I even yeah, put the song that, at the end of the show. Yes, that was the Sweet Coden episode. The Sweet Coden episode. Yeah. Well, we'll check it out. Capcom heard us, and Capcom listens not only listens to RPG Backjack, but they act on what we say because they recently announced that they're remastering the original Disney's DuckTale video game for the NES. They're remastering with high-definition graphics, some new content, new cutscenes, finally explaining why you fight a big rat on the moon in the NES version. It all comes together now. You know, they're getting the original voice cast together, including the guy who played Scrooge McDuck, uh, who is like 93. He has to be. I no, mean, he is literally he, he 93. Is 93. Oh my old. gosh. So, I mean, holy cow, guys. How awesome is that? Isn't it cool to know that Capcom listens to us? Well, who knows? We might even get, like, the other Disney platformers. That would be super awesome. Like Goof Troop. Oh, jeez. I did not play Goof Troop. <laughs> you should have played Goof, Goof Troop. It was like co-op Zelda decades before four swords there you go um was there a was there a gummy bears game anywhere yeah there was a gummy bears game by capcom sure why not i i believe so cool of course they, they made did, the most they, of that license they basically had everything for a decade so what i'm double checking the list now and oh no they did not do gummy bears hmm. weird but they got like three different Chippendale games. So there you go. Which I never played, but kind of would like to. They have a good reputation. Um, hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. One of them was one of the last Nintendo releases, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I know I played one of them, but I can't remember which one. So Fire Emblem made me a little pissy, Mike, because I've been on those. Because p- it's less tactical than XCOM. <laughs> I've heard it's more tactical than X, what I heard. But... You know what? XCOM has the most aggressive fog of war ever. Okay, but you know, like like Fire Emblem shows you like everything that's going to happen before you make a move. So like when you get like your ass kicked, you really only have yourself to blame because there's like no surprises really, because you can see exactly where the enemies can move and exactly what their chances are to hit you when you hit them. And that's why I got really pissed when at the end of like this one board that took me like two and a half hours, like I get to the last you know big boss guy, and it says very clearly that he does X number of points of damage, which my guy could take. But then in small print, yes, in small print says like six percent critical chance, and of course it happened and killed the guy. And of course I reset it because I can't stand anybody dying. But man, have you thought about casual mode? This is on the first fire. This is on the GBA fire. Yeah, there's no casual Um, mode. There's pissy fill mode. (laughs) Okay, so so fight. You're past the point where. Um, like golf came up, and you needed to go through and clear out the black fang. And, and you know, well, here's Fair. a th- yeah. And, here, and now this what, particular what yeah, in this particular battle, I only have myself to blame because it's a defend battle where I could have just sat back and let the turns pass and be. You have you eleven know, turns. Eleven, twelve, something like that. But I got I remember this fight. Then there's I, a dragon rider you can recruit. Yeah, there's a dragon rider you can recruit or, and stuff like I'm sorry, that. A worm rider. Worm rider. We're yeah. fighting dragons, so he can't be riding a dragon. It's got to be a worm. Yeah, so I got impatient because I'm just sitting there doing nothing, passing turns. I'm like, I can take this guy, and I check the stats and I can beat him until he gets two and he got two attacks and one of them critical. I'm like, oh crap. Killed my guy off. Sheesh. 
Eesh. There is a couple of battles with the Fog of War. The one right before that one, or the maybe it was two boards before that one, there's a Fog of War, and when you move your characters ahead too much, uh, especially against this one, the, the boss in that one was this huge axe-wielding, I think it was an axe-wielder, and... Was that, the, wait, was that when you're just getting onto the island with the Black Fang, and there's a guy who uses a bow, but also a sword? No, I think it's an, I think it's after that. Okay. And 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 the stats on him was he could have killed my let me see swords are good against spear but he was even going to kill my sword he was going to kill uh, what's her name the sword lord chick he was going to be able to kill her in like one or two hits um, but uh, thankfully he missed because he has a high miss chance but it was like sixty percent miss chance but he hit the other forty percent I would have lost the lord right there. It's just like, holy freaking free holies, these guys, you know, play for keeps. And I don't know, I don't know how I could have really seen him. He was, he was pretty far out there in the trees or something. It has been kind of hard to scout him out before he would have been able to move in and chop someone's head off. So you need to be really careful when there is fog of war, because that, that can be a yep. pisser. Uh, yep, so, there'll be yeah. a couple more yeah. like that. XCOM. XCOM. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to XCOM. I'm X- on the last mission of that, by the way. Yeah, I'll get to XCOM. Um, I'm playing... Uh, the XCOM version of Becky is an unholy plasma speed death machine. Oh, I, I'm too busy. Do you appreciate that? From real life. <laughs> I'm a little too busy. I'm playing Bioshock Infinite. Got the laptop hooked up to the television. I got the Bluetooth keyboard and mouse on my lap. I want a little bit of plap thinky so I can play it with on the television with the highest definition graphics possible. And it's really good. It's really awesome. Won't spoil anything on that one though. But it's 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 pretty cool. Even though I'm getting a little pissy at some of the tougher fights in that one too. Freaking robots of George Washington kicking my ass. Uh, oh, get around to the back. He's weakest in the back. He's always facing me. I can't get around to his back. Uh, anywho, um, let's see here, and then I'm playing to play more StarCraft. Still like StarCraft. StarCraft's awesome. Y'all want to play StarCraft? Me, let me know. StarCraft rocks. Mm. And Tomb Raider. Um, still going through Tomb Raider. So um, those aren't really RPGs. Those yeah, those really aren't RPGs. But she gets experience points. So I guess it's uh, it's an RPG, right? <laughs> she gets experience points and so she kills crap. And rabbits especially give a lot of XP. So I'm, I'm sure it's an RPG. Um, yeah. You know, in Streets of Rage three, if you got enough points without dying, then you could get stars that made your dash attack different. Ooh, that sounds like XP. That's an RPG. Um, yeah, yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what? You've got a lot more uh, narrative aid. You've got a lot more narrative power in Tomb Raider than you do in Final Fantasy. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, and I mean, still playing a lot, a metric ton of pen and paper, or Skulls and Shackles campaign, where the where the guys are the pirates. Does it really count as a metric ton? If it's all in D twenties, Phil. It is. I I play so much. I play so much Pathfinder. It's not even funny. I mean, I, I'm sorry though. I can't. You keep reposting all these Pathfinder Society rules clarifications. I'm like, no. What's the DC to have fun with you people? Oh, it's a ton of fun. It's absolutely a blast. No, I, I, I refuse to believe any living game worthwhile. Oh, uh, living game Pathfinder Society. Oh, you mean the living part of the of the uh, the thing? Which I, I, you know, I don't quite pay as much attention to to that. The rules are there and they're there for a reason, but. Um, uh, they it's kind of minimalistic. I mean, you fill out the chronicle sheet when you complete an adventure, so you have this chronicle, you know, list of what your character's done. You can see all the gold pieces and stuff like that. I don't think it's that much more tracking than what you would do normally, though, in keeping track of a character in a normal, ongoing campaign. I, in fact, I, I I dare say it's really not that much more. 
um, at all. No, a little bit more, a little bit more controlling than what most GMs would be as far as buying items and stuff. I think most GMs get to a point where they're like, you know what, if it's in the book, you can buy it. And you know, with Pathfinder Society, you do have to look at a table to see whether or not you qualify to buy something of that many gold pieces. You're right. There's a, there's a few more restrictions, but it's really not. It's, it's, yeah. They are. This is not living Greyhawk in the terms of organization. You know, focus they put into it and trying to coordinate different regions and crap like that. Uh, it's not quite that encompassing but i i do spend probably more time playing you know adventure paths pre-written campaigns that that really don't tie in with pathfinder oh, society uh, fun, fun rumor fun rumor uh robin d laws won't be writing any more fiction pies out yeah don't don't even know who that is i'll take well, your word he, for it he wrote a couple novels and some short stories i have been you know i posted a big huge thing on their forums i'm a little cranky at their novels i've read like four now trying to give them a fair shake and stuff and I guess the classic hero is just dead because it seems like that they mostly write these anti-neutral you know, neutral alignment type of heroes that are basically forced into circumstances beyond our control. And then they end up kind of sort of doing something beyond the scope of themselves, so that kind of seems heroic. But them, them in and of themselves are very selfish, self-centered people. And I, I guess they can't write typical – I guess typical heroes are boring or something and – I don't know. It's a huge disconnect for me after, like, the fourth book of, you know, Selfish McBob goes out and ends up saving a city on accident while he's being forced to, you know, go to this dungeon because somebody's got a gaze on him or something, a geese on him or something. Yeah, it's just – it's kind of a, it's kind of been of a disconnect for me, so I kind of wrote something on there, and apparently not the only one. Seem to be, they seem to be infatuated with the, with the whole anti-hero setup. Well, uh, the, the, their editor's kind of a lame-o. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, who is that, Sutter? And hence why Robin Laws is not writing. Is that Sutter? Yeah, that's Sutter. Oh, okay, because I wrote on Sutter's thread. Yeah. yeah, post, ask James Sutter your questions here thread. Yeah, that's the one I posted on, because he kind of re- goes through and replies to those and stuff. Um, but I wasn't really asking him a question. I was just pretty much saying me too on what somebody else had wrote. Like, when are we going to start seeing some real heroes? And he's like, well, I'm trying to make the characters deep. I'm like... You can make deep heroes. You, Spider-Man, deep hero, okay? He's self-sacrificing, but he struggles. There you go. You know, you don't have to go too far to find deep heroic characters. In fact, most of Marvel characters are, you know, deeper heroes. Also, Paizo's releasing like 800 things in August, and screw them. <laughs> I'm probably trying to do too much too fast what you're saying. Well, no, it's just like, that's a lot of things to come out in August, and I get you need the convention money, but that's like a lot. It's like a source book and the start of an adventure path and a standalone module and three game aids and a supplement and a different kind of supplement. I can I can just I mean I can just speak as a as a you know heavy GM person. I'm not a big fan of their fiction, but their their fluff and splat books, I mean they just nail it so often. Um, I would think out of the last I think I've got like eight or ten rule books and I'm I'm like there gets to a point where you get to rule book bloat, no doubt about it. So I'm always like, once I get what I feel is enough rule books or whatever have you, I feel like I got enough to really run a deep game, I'm stopping, right? But but I'm always kinda of keeping an eye on the next book to see if that's you know, if you're gonna come up with another uh, you know, advanced players guide or something, I'm not gonna buy it. We've got enough races, we got enough classes. But every time I'm like, you know, but they could use a news item book. Oh, ultimate equipment. And it's not only more items, but they're so well organized, it's so well, you know, done with uh, there are some errors in there. 
um, that you have to kind of keep an eye out for. But the way it's organized, it is just such a useful book. And then, okay, well, I don't need another bestiary. God, we got three already. What's this? NPC Codex? Wow. Holy cow. What is – you know, why Why didn't we do this a long time ago? Wow. This is this is great. It's just uh, the last uh, the last little uh, flavor book that came out, Animal Companions. Really, really great uh, flavor book with a lot of mechanics uh, as well for people who are into druids and rangers and stuff. So they – yeah, I mean I, I don't know about their August material and how well that's going to be. I, I like to evaluate each item as it comes out. Not everything's a home run with them. Um, like I said, the fiction book is really leaving me flat there, and I'm about to discontinue my subscription there. But uh, yeah, a lot of their – a lot of the other stuff, it's like, wow, the, the campaigns are really well written. I mean, maybe not really well written, but they're fun. And uh, I just, yeah. So, but yeah, they do they do obviously push themselves for Gen Con for some silly reason. Um, maybe it's the money, like you said, or, or whatever have you. But we'll see if the quality of those, um, I'll see if the quality of those things that come out during that time suffers. Because I do uh, get them, <laughs> and I do read them. So, um, hmm. Hmm. Oh well, uh, I think that's it for now. Um, guess we'll did do. We, did we say what we're going to be doing next time? Oh yeah, what are we going to do next time? That's a good question. I'm a little off my game today. Let's see. What are we doing next time, Mike? Do you know? <laughs> I'm like looking it up. I'm like, I'm like, uh. <laughs> do, do, do you want me to tell you, or do you want to find out for yourself? <laughs> It'll be a big surprise. It's uh, a surprise. Yeah. Let's see. Backtrack number ninety-one. You know, for kids. A pair of games involving mass killing, then a very type, different type of game from the same developer. We're talking about uh, Drakengard's 1 and 2 and Nier. And that's kind of ironic because in Drakengard you do kill a crap load of, uh, of yes, people, which probably involves kids. I mean, you got to imagine there's some kids in those crowds. But then in Nier, you're playing a father trying to save his daughter. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of a contrast there. Yay. Um... Oh, well, there's where I saw my Magic Class of Heroes HD on the Blast from the Recent Past list. There we go. Yeah. Anywho, so that will be next show. Yeah. Um, official legal disclaimers and all that other fun stuff. Hey, thank you for listening. Well, that's not really legal disclaimer, but we thank you anyways. Um, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com or look me up on Facebook, Philip Willis, uh, and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at Facebook dot com slash rpgamer i've actually found out i got some people following me on facebook so yeah it's just under philip willis and you know my name's all over the place i, I don't know how else you find it. there's gotta be like 1800 and, Philip and you're Willis's. gonna have to follow phil because i do not have facebook yeah or twitter twitter.com forward slash jc servant that that works rather well too so i've um, got a couple of people on there as well so um we got our huge archive of previous podcasts uh, all on at rpgamer.com and you can also uh, check out our sister show where they talk about more current uh themes and news and the and games that are um, called and, RPG Cast. You know, MMOs for hours on end. And MMOs everyone for loves are they still everyone, talking everyone about loves other people's MMO stories? Are they still talking about MMO? Uh, what, what what? Oh, are they still playing Usually that? When wow, Chris aren't and they? Find themselves playing the same game. It turns into that. Oh hour. yeah. You know yeah. you're right. I was kind of interested when I played WoW, and then I kind of stopped. I, no, no, go and listen to RPG. Can <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, but um. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I'll probably have some thoughts on that later, though. Um, let me just see here if there's anything I'm forgetting. I don't think so. Uh, Mr. Mike, why don't you put us to bed? 
I am a master at not coughing while we're doing the cast, but my my ability to do that is rapidly reaching its zenith, so we better sign off before I come up with an extremely unpleasant sound that will probably sound even less pleasant through my cheap headset. Good night.